The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host. It is, depending on when you are listening or watching, either Sunday, November 21st or Monday, November 22nd. We are in YouTube right now, live on YouTube. Subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Subscribe. Hit the alert button. If we get to a certain number of likes... On this video, we will give away a Brinson Sucks hat. Hang out in the chat. Let us know if you have questions, comments, anything else about this, about the games in Week 11. This is the Week 11 recap show, of course. Joining me to break all uh, down the entire week. He said barely able to structure sentences. Brian Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Bre- uh, Brinson, just be forewarned. Passive-aggressive breaches back. His team wins a game against a terrible football team, and he couldn't wait to start flapping his gum because a, a, a Steelers team with four players and an 85-year-old quarterback lost to a Chargers team that stars our favorite player, Justin Herbert. So just be forewarned uh, for this week because Breach knows what happens next week, and we'll talk about this in a second. <laughs> you mean Steve the Bengals win by Bengals three touchdowns? Uh, anyway, so. You know what? I'm not going to rub in the fact that only one AFC North team lost and that the Steelers blew a lead in the final two minutes and that now they're gasping for their playoff lives. Princeton, you gave me that look. They were up by three. We're going to talk about the game anyway. I don't care because the season ended today for some reason uh, because holy got a COVID outbreak. The Bengals will be in the playoffs. I'm ready for this podcast. If the season ended because the holy got a COVID outbreak, that would likely be a problem for the playoffs. The no, Bengals they, they would say, everybody, lose. go regroup for a month. We'll meet you in January for the playoffs. And the Bengals will still find a way to lose a playoff game with no other team in the playoffs. <laughs> and delusional breach. Only two modes. Word. <laughs> That's right. Um, the Steelers fall The Steelers fall to the Chargers. But the Chargers beat the Steelers. What's wrong with me? My brain's broken tonight. Princeton had a stroke before the podcast. 41 to 37. A wild game. Justin Herbert almost ran, almost had a, a 300, 100 night. Uh, instead, he finished 30 of 41 for 382 yards, three touchdowns, including two passing touchdowns to Austin Eckler, who also scored two more rushing touchdowns. And Herbert had nine carries for 90 yards. He was just superb on a big stage in L.A. in a game that, you know, really tested the medal, the, the Chargers. Um, and as they try to, uh, make a playoff push. They are the current sixth seed at six and four, a half game back of the Chiefs now, who are in second place in the division. 
The Steelers fall to the eight seed, five, four, and one now. Um, Najee Harris, 12 carries, 39 yards. You guys suffered a head injury on a nasty play that they should have gotten a, you know, should probably should have got a flag on. I thought Big Ben was pretty good in this game, all things considered, or real good, maybe. The offensive line uh, gave him some issues, and I mean, 28 of 44 for 273 and three touchdowns is not like a like a elite stat line, but I thought he was, Ryan, uh, much, much better than maybe what we expected against a dangerous Chargers defense. This game ended up turning in the fourth quarter into a wild, wild affair with a like back and forth scoring. Uh, we saw the Chargers, you know, they had this lead. It looked like it was over. Steelers come back down, punch one in or block a kick, score. Then, um, the you know, anyway, anyway, what did you think of the ending and Big Ben's performance, I guess, instead of me <laughs> recapping the whole thing? No, Big Ben played uh, well beyond expectations. And I was talking to Breach about this before you hopped on. Uh, I, I was a, I, it was a fun game for me to watch. I had very low expectations for the Steelers because they they were down twenty five percent of the roster and all the Pro Bowlers were on, were 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 playing on defense. So I was happy the way Big Ben played. I was Najee Harris is his career is going to be a year and a half. Just the way they use him and and the wear and tear on that poor man's body. The hit you mentioned, I have no idea how that wasn't flagged. That was an elbow to the face and a helmet to helmet. And I have a couple comments about the the officiating later. Not why the Steelers lost, just in general. Uh, the sort of insanity that continues to be the officiating. But I have no problem with the way the Steelers' de- offense played. The defense, they were just holding on for dear life. Cam Hayward, as Cam Hayward does, ended up making a play that led to the interception. Cam Sutton had the interception. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway for me, though, is that as much as I love Justin Herbert and as much as I love Brandon Staley, their defense sucks. Their defense is hot doo-doo. I mean, you let the Steelers, who hadn't scored – who hadn't even come close to sniffing 30 points this year, scored 34 points in the, in the fourth quarter. You don't have a chance in, in the AFC if you don't get this defense squared away. And I love Brandon Staley, and we heard Chris Collinsworth talk about it all night on Sunday night. Brandon Staley's going to let you beat him with the run game and the short passes. He's not going to let you beat him deep. Well, okay, but you end up giving up 37 points to the Steelers. So if that happens to Pittsburgh, and we saw it happen in recent weeks in terms of them not being able to keep people off the field, eh... I don't have great expectations for this defense uh, staying up for, for much longer in, in terms of once they start making this playoff push. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely as, as concerning as a win can be because you're going into the fourth quarter, you're up 27 to 10 and I'm sure Wilson, this is also, what we talked about for the podcast. It just felt like the chargers were on their way to a blowout win. And you know, the Steelers, like you said, minus so many people, the plucky Steelers just kept making these huge plays. And those, you know, the Chargers charger, like the Chargers are famous for charging. It doesn't matter if Phillip Rivers is quarterback. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. I mean, a blocked punt, uh, the almost the, the batted ball by Cam Hayward, the guy intercepted. Uh, I mean, just these crazy things kept happening. And I, I think you make a good point that look, you can say we're going to give people the dink and dunks and let them run on us and not beat us with the big play. Uh, but that doesn't work so well. If your offense isn't scoring on every drive, you're not going to play a depleted Steelers defense every week. Uh, if you're playing a, a chief's offense, that's running on all cylinders. That strategy is not going to work. So uh, it is interesting that he's doing that. It is kind of working right now, obviously, because the chargers are six and four, but it's not a strategy I would be comfortable going into the postseason with. The yeah, I mean, 
Look, the Steelers were God, this game was 27-10 going to the third. The there were 37 quarter. points in the first three quarters, 41 points in the fourth quarter. At, I mean, it just got it got wild quick. Uh we saw so looking at it, it was um we had Austin Eckler, they the so it was tw- 34 to 20 after Austin Eckler scored. Big Ben marches him down the field. Did, did they then get a block punt? No. The block punt was before that, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, where were you? Look at the possessions. Yeah. I mean, I'm, just, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I get, I get it all mixed around because, oh, the, the, so yeah, they had the block punt on the second possession of the, uh, of the, of the fourth quarter. The, the Steelers scored on five straight possessions in the, in the fourth quarter. Field goal, touchdown, 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 field goal. And then obviously turned it over on downs after getting net negative twenty two yards. Um, so they got the they got the block punt. They scored another touchdown on a long drive, but the Chargers kept answering because the Steelers had nothing without J- uh, T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick out there. Um, you know, with all those injuries, it's just going to be difficult to stop a decent offense at all. And that was really the case here, right? And again, that portents trouble for the Chargers, not the Steelers. We know who the Steelers are. In fact, the Steelers exceeded expectations in just about every way. Like Cam Newton, uh, Cam Newton, that would be awesome. Cam Hayward made a huge play in the fourth quarter. And we haven't even talked about the next to last possession uh, for the the Chargers where they went for it on their own 34, fourth and one. I thought they should have gone for it. I would have just snuck Justin Herbert, whatever. Yeah, you couldn't like the play it. call. But if they end up losing that game, people are coming after Brandon Staley for being so aggressive, even though I thought that was that was the right call. But the Steelers, you talk about the fourth quarter, three of those, the five scores, three of those five scores started. One was the LA, the three on the punt. The mm-hmm. LA 11 on the interception and the LA 34 the next drive when the, on the turnover on downs. Um, on that interception, Cam Sutton got crushed in the head by the offensive lineman. Again, no flag. So two fl- two plays where people got their heads taken off, no flags. Two plays later, when Big Ben got the the uh, the roughing the passer on the push from right. Bosa. Joey Bosa, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. So you can you can't push a big fat guy, but you can go after guys' heads who aren't paying attention and. There needs to be a rule. Like I, I'm, I think we have too many rules. There needs to be a rule. If a player's down, you can't spear them. You have to touch them. Like you have to two hand touch them down because we see a lot. I, I of, think that is the rule, uh, except they just didn't throw the flag. But I, I feel like so many guys get hurt that are on the ground, and people just plow them and they barge I don't know, in there. And all, all they do is put a hand on them, but instead they like put their full body weight on them. Yeah, I, I don't know of all the things we're worried about in safety and all that stuff. And then you get get Bo, Bosa uh, a pass, uh, um, rough the passer on a push. What are we doing? I think the problem is, and this is where we go back to when we complain about how the league in, like um, puts these rules into place, is that they are they 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 tell these the officiating department they're like we are emphasizing this and emphasizing this, and so officials are looking like hawks for roughing the passer penalties. Where it's like, man, like I mean, Ben was looking for a penalty when he got up, but it, I mean, it you know he probably should have pushed him. It was probably unnecessary, but it was also like not going to kill Ben or anything. You know, we're going to break his leg, but. They also, the taunting thing, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is running in the end zone points uh, in an earlier game. We'll get to that. They, they, the league puts an emphasis on this, and the refs are trying not to get in trouble for missing things that the league puts an emphasis on. So they catch these little minor violations of these specific rules. And, and meanwhile, they're out there completely whiffing on, like, forearm shivers to the head of running they're, backs who are, like, flying down to the ground. They're the parking-ticking police trying to work homicide cases. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But anyway, <laughs> Staley would have had to answer some questions if they had had not won that football game. Well, but- definitely. I mean, another part of that was on the series where they blocked the punt, and that's where they were up 27-13. That was the first time. They, they handed it off 
on the first two plays on first down and second down, it was like, what are they doing? They're, they're, they're trying to run out the clock because they're up 27-13. They'd been just throwing all over Pittsburgh all night, and that is why they ended up going out there for the first punt that they didn't even get off, so they technically did not have any punts on the night. And that <laughs> was where his uh, bad decision-making kind of started to let the Steelers back in the game. Well, they, were, they, were, uh, they had the original punt, and they were offsetting penalties, so they had to replay the fourth down. Right. Um, so there's not the illegal formation, you know, it's just, they're just punting. And then maybe the Steelers don't even find a way to get back in that game because they were having at times trouble moving the ball. Although I thought, I mean, again, I thought the Ben played well and I thought, you know, we saw re- really nice games from Deontay Johnson and from Chase Claypool. Uh, Pat Frymuth caught a touchdown as well. Claypool had five catches, 93 yards, no, no score. Eric Ebron managed to find the end zone and uh, Deontay Johnson, seven, seven catches on 13 targets. I don't I feel like he didn't drop a lot though, right? Didn't drop any. He didn't drop any and 101 yards and a touchdown. There were just some where Ben was sailing over his head, or there's the one where there was no pass interference. It was low because it was called off uncatchable, et cetera, et cetera. Just to be clear, the Steelers had very had no trouble moving the ball. I mean, the second yeah. series, they were down at the two yard line and they went for it, which I was fine with. They didn't get it. They had one punt and then the end of the game ended when Big Ben went backwards 45 yards. There were only two punts in the game that actually counted. One was blocked and the other was the. the I don't that- think a blocked punt goes into the books as a punt. Yeah, it's not on the uh, stat so I think sheet. There's, so technic- really? technically speaking, there was only one punt in the game. Huh. Fun fact, Brinson. You want to again, special? Yeah, I guess I never really, week. never really bothered to like look at that. <laughs> I would be very. Why would you? Right? I don't think many people do. I would be very concerned if I'm a Chargers uh, fan or the Chargers. Just yeah, there's no punt for long. From the, huh. Yeah, uh, Sam Bruce Smith in the YouTube chat. If you're in there, by the way, hit the like button. Oh, we are flying up there. We got uh, plenty of people in the chat. Hit the like button. We're going to give away a free hat to someone in in there. So smash that like button now. Um, what about when Herbert got punched in the stomach? That was so, for one. People on Twitter were mad at me because I said incredible play by Cam Hayward to chase down Justin Stay Herbert. On Twitter. I mean, we well we can separate the two things because it was an incredible play by like. There's no reason J- Cam Hayward, who's 288 pounds, 32 year old Cam Hayward, down, defensive tackle. Yeah, a, a monster human who's who was gassed out there. There's no, um, there's no way that he should be able to walk down Justin Herbert and, and tackle him before the end zone. He did so, but then he's like he's like laying on him, and I think it was Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer, Joshua Palmer. Thank you. Uh, came over and like tried to pull him off, and and Hayward reacted like shoved. Palmer back and then punched Herbert when he was on the ground. It was it was no, a no, the wild punch came scene. the punch came before that. Like the punch came as they were being tackled going to the ground. Now you can't I don't sure. know. Yes. Uh I don't think the math is that he was trying to punch the ball up because it looked like he just punched him in the stomach. But Hayward got flagged for that. He got flagged. That's also he got flagged. Well, right. For it. So I'm saying it's not the same thing because we're talking about where the other guys, the, the, the right. other two instances we're talking about, no one got flagged. Like Hayward, everybody saw what he did. He got punished for it. So you know, like that's exactly what's supposed to happen when someone takes a cheap shot. Yeah, I don't know if Sam Bruce Smith is asking whether he would have gotten flagged. No, he punched at- him. He punched him after, like after Palmer tried to push him off. He shoved Palmer. Then he turned around and hit him again. I mean, he got flagged. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it was just weird. Oh, to, like, yeah, it was that. weird to like react. It's like one thing to react to me, like, like get off of me, dude. Like that happens all the time. But then to turn around and punch the guy that you were laying on is very bizarre. What if He's like, were, if I'm going to get flagged, I'm going to go all in. I'm I like, guess I wonder, so. I wonder, I wonder if Herbert said, like when he was laying on Herbert, you know, Herbert said something like, get no, off Herbert, of me. Herbert didn't say anything. Or maybe Herbert. he said get something off of like, me, large man. No yeah, mama he, smells. Yeah, he didn't say. <laughs> yeah. I would have to guess. Trash. Herbert yeah. didn't say anything. Um, yeah, he got he got flagged. 
it was it was a dirty play. But I mean, you know, that stuff happens all the time. I guess I don't know what to tell you. I uh, no, that's that doesn't happen all the time. You don't know what happens at the bottom of that pile. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time when it's like just two guys down the field. On a that's tackle. that's that's true. Uh, so yeah, the anywho, the Steelers uh, lost. What's your panic level on the playoffs, Wilson? Oh, I never had any expectations for the playoffs. As I told Breach, my expectations are eight, eight and one or better, just so Tom can keep the winning streak alive or the non-losing streak alive. And uh, I enjoyed watching this game. Eight, oh, oh, you want eight, eight and one or better? That's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just said eight and one. I was like, what? No, they're not going to go eight and one. Yeah. Um, but this game was fun to watch for me because I had zero expectations, especially after you know they were up down fourteen. I was like, okay, well, this is a wrap. And then watching the Chargers slowly unravel was concerning because I like the Chargers. I like Brandon Staley. I like Justin Herbert. But again, that especially, and I can't believe I have to say this, given the way the char- the, the Chiefs are playing, for instance, Chiefs are playing, mm-hmm. you have to be very worried if you're the Chargers. About, like what? Your playoff future. Yeah, well, I think they'll probably, they can still get to the playoffs. Of course they can still get to the playoffs. I'm just saying. Look at that AFC standings. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. My Chiefs, my Chiefs. Three and four, baby. First place. Anybody in the get division. the Colts in the uh, playoff draft? Super Bowl I think draft? I didn't actually didn't get the Pats in the in the draft. I don't think. Yes, I did. Yeah, but I'm saying I I I've been kind of banging the Pats bandwagon. Uh, guess who got the Colts? C Rad. C Rad. C Rad's all over us. Colts moved up, moved to six and five, and the just give the money C Rad now. We're not winning. Seed. All right, let's uh, let's head to the next game. The Chiefs, the aforementioned my Chiefs. Beat the Cowboys 19 to 9. Now, CD Lamb got knocked, left this game at halftime and never returned. He was evaluated for concussion, ruled out with a head injury. Um, the Chiefs' offense was, I don't even know the story. I think it's the i think it's the defense and the fact that they held the Dallas Cowboys, who even without Amari Cooper and without CD Lamb, you know, still have plenty of talent on that, on that side of the ball. To hold the Cowboys to nine points is a very impressive feat. Um, what do we think of the Chiefs here, Breach? I, I was highly impressed with their – I mean, we're talking about uh, a Chiefs defense that picked off Dak Prescott twice. The, the Cowboys are not an easy team to shut down because they have so many weapons. It's not just Amari Cooper out there. It's not the Amari Cooper show in Dallas. It, it's Dak Prescott. He's kind of the glue guy. And for them, the way the Chiefs struggled early in the season, it didn't seem like a game like this against a high-powered offense – would be anything close to possible. And now here we are kind of like 2019 where they started six and four. They go on to win the Super Bowl. You look at their last four games. They've held every opponent to under 17 points. And, you know, when they played the Packers, it was like, oh, well, they were playing Jordan Love. And they that streak started against the Giants. It was like, oh, well, it's the Giants. Last week, they held the Raiders of 14, and, you know, we're all, well, the Raiders are in their midseason collapse. So we just, we're just refusing to give the Chiefs defense any credit, and I think this is the game that proves they've kind of gotten over the hump. They've figured things out, and if they're winning when their offense is struggling, that's scary because their offense isn't going to struggle all season. And so for them to be able to win a game where their offense scored under 20 points, uh, I think makes the Chiefs probably the best team in the AFC. Dang it, Breach. Because I was going to say, I I had this bold prediction I do for HQ today because I work no matter what, apparently. Um, (laughs) I said that the the Chiefs are going to win the AFC. Who's who's that a shot at? 
No, I'm just, I'm just joking that I, I grind through all matter of under the Not- weatherness. Yeah. Oh, oh right, right, right. Oh, now it's suddenly you want to keep a secret. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, they're better. No, I what I said, Breach, was that they're going to win the division. That feels like a layup. I think they're going to get the number one seed in the AFC uh, because if this defense plays even halfway decent, replacement-level defense, that's all you need because it allows uh, Patrick Mahomes to calm down uh, with the play calling. Andy Reid can do what he wants to do and not have to worry about Patrick Mahomes wheeling and dealing. Mahomes made some mistakes. Uh, which he he does. I mean that that's part of his his uh, you know magic, I guess. But here's the thing: so they they're on their bye now, so they got a week to get healthy, and then they play the Broncos twice. And the- Andy Reid off the bye. There you go. Andy, Andy Reid off, off the bye. I got that dance video somewhere. Uh, so they played the Broncos off the bye, and at the end of the season, in between that, they have the Raiders at Chargers, Steelers at Bengals. So at six and four, seven and four now. I mean, of those six, there's games, a path to nine wins. <laughs> this is where Wait. you say it, Ryan. Do if, it. If they don't win nine games, then we're gonna be we're all gonna be in trouble. Uh but those six games, they got seven wins now. How many of those six games are they gonna they're gonna burn through? Well, I'll tell you I, this. I think they go five and one. And I'm not no, they might lose the Bengals. I'm not saying that. I think the, <laughs> the schedule is difficult enough that they'll slip up at least once, but I feel like they go five and one. Yeah, so that gets uh what's that, eleven and six? Yes. No, eleven and five. Uh what's the math? They're seven and four, so 12 and five. 12 and five, thank you. But still only have six. Yeah, so you think five and one over the next six games. And 12 and five might be the number one seed because there's only two, three lost teams, and they could easily get the five. Yeah, and some of the teams up top there, outside of the Patriots, coincidentally, uh, are not playing great. Well, the Titans and the Patriots have to play each other, too, next week. So that's... That one of those teams is gonna have another loss. one of those teams. Like the Patriots are five and a half point favorites, so it's very possible that both the Pats and the Titans are eight and four, uh, eight and four, and then the, the Patriots have to play in a, in a very nice setup. And the Patriots have to play the Bills twice more. So. Patriots have to play the Bills twice. Uh, sweeping them would be a very impressive feat and probably unlikely. The Chiefs' defense has held teams to twenty points or fewer in four straight games. All of those are wins, as you can see on the graphic on YouTube. Reminder: hit the like button. That's the longest such streak by any team in the NFL this season, which is kind of crazy. The last time the Chiefs allowed fewer than 20 points in four games, four straight games or more, was a five-game streak from weeks 11 through 16 in 2019 when the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl. And they stole the number two seed, obviously got a bye, and then proceeded to, uh, to, to win out because the defense played so well. I mean, it was a big factor. Uh, the Cowboys had not scored... That was the lowest scoring output by the Cowboys since week eight of 2020. And Chris Jones is three and a half sacks were more than he had this season coming into the game. Chris Jones sliding inside and like, let's not give Steve Spagnuolo too much credit for, you know, moving a player back to his original position where he's better, but you know, him sliding back inside has made a huge difference for this chiefs defense. Melvin Ingram looking pretty, looking pretty good. Really nice he, addition. Um, he was good in Pittsburgh. He just wasn't getting enough playing time. So yeah, they, Gave up a six-round pick the Chiefs did to get him, which is going to end up being a steal. By the way, if you want to prolong your career, sign uh, a one- or two-year deal with the Steelers in the offseason, then demand to be traded, and typically you'll go to a team that goes to the Super Bowl. That's happened. Garrett Blunt. Garrett Blunt did that. And uh, someone else did. I can't remember right now. And now, of course, Melvin Ingram. Uh, Dak's first game with multiple interceptions. Uh Right, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, no uh, passing touchdowns. This was one where, so Clyde Edwards-Alaire had the original, uh, the the first rushing 
did he score first? Or was, no, Travis Kelsey rushed one in from a wildcat. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushed in on the second one. And just real quickly on the Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing, he runs in and he, he points as he's running into the end zone and he's flagged for taunting. Like, well, that's right. Can't taunt. That's a clear and obvious taunt. That, that one you can't even. Okay, but again, back to the point that we made in the previous game. Like, what are we doing? Why can you spear people in the head and not get flagged? And you Fair. can, if you wag your finger, you get flagged 15 Well, yards. I will say this. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs gave zero craps because they were all celebrating on the sidelines with Clyde Edwards Alaire, including, I think, uh, the offensive coordinator, which I, th- I found hilarious. What's his name? Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. I think that was Eric Bieniemy over there. I want to call him out if it wasn't him. So they and, gave. Yeah, Andy Reid was not thrilled about it. My, my just point, my point is that it's, I, I, I get it. If you want to take taunting out of the game, that's one thing, you know. If you want to keep guys from, because the whole point that John John Mara made was that he wants he wants to prevent the escalation of guys talking on the field. But you're asking people to, you're asking players to go out there and violently tackle each other, to run around the field at maximum speed, to play a game for sixty minutes, leaving everything on the line. That they like ask you to do physical things you're not supposed to do as a human being, and then you aren't supposed to let them celebrate in certain ways and it's all arbitrary too like travis kelsey can get a first down and like start you know gr- like i probably shouldn't be dancing on video but like start you know grinding and and like hump it dry hump in the air but you know Clyde was there points as he runs in the end zone and we think that's gonna like turn into some on-field violence because he's pointing at somebody and saying like yeah i scored like these guys are you know we, we treat it as we see a billion football plays a day so we don't treat these plays the way that like in the same way that these guys treat these plays where it's you know, this is your job, and you're going out there, and you were. This is a huge, huge moment. You run the end zone, you score, celebrate it. You don't want somebody to point a finger at you, stop them from scoring. Uh, I would encourage you. I disagree with nothing you just said, other than quit saying this is John Marr. There are coaches who are on the committee that enforce these rules, including Mike Tomlin and Matt Nagy. If you had to pick a wet blanket who would come up with a taunting rule, Matt Nagy would be the top of the list. So that's part of the issue. Again, I don't n- understand what the connection is, the correlation is between pointing at someone like Clyde Edwards-Lair did or doing the peace sign like Cheetah used to do or even like Antoine Winfield did as retribution, how that escalates into people stabbing each other on the field or like uh, the last Boy Scout, someone getting shot during the middle of a game. Uh, I don't I don't know what the math That's is. That's not taunting, though. That might be a felony, but it's not taunting. Wouldn't get flagged. And you know what's funny is it's, is that it's, it's unsportsmanlike conduct. I think to shoot someone. That's the true. That's true. And you know what is funny is that the taunting. You may get ejected from the game if you bring a. Or like, was it the guy with the fake gun? Like that was awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. It's like yeah, that's probably like that's if if you shoot a fake gun on the field, if you if you're holding a fake gun in the air, an invisible gun, and pretending to be like shooting it like crazy. But that was after they missed a face mask. That's he flipped out. He got I mean, his helmet ripped off. Like his helmet is no longer attached to his head and had been dragged by somebody else for like 20 feet and he gets flagged for taunting or in sport, whatever it is. It's just, if you do an invisible gun, I get it. Like that would be taunting. You know, if you're like, here's, here's the other issue. And Mike Prayer pointed this out, the rules official for Fox. He said, well, you're not allowed, New York's not allowed to, to go back and, and litigate these plays for like face masks, for example. But it looks like they're going to do it. They got it right, number one. Number two, you have seven or eight officials. I don't know how many, how many are out there who missed the face mask because they're too busy flagging the guy who was laughing and pointing because he didn't have a helmet because someone ripped it off and did like the the sh- I'm shooting ducks with the uh, or ski or whatever it's called. I don't even I don't even know what the what the exact point of the gun was. He's like shooting it straight up. Like it's very anyway. 
Um, Taunt Brinson, Fade Breach, Follow Wilson. Ouch. What? Smash that like button. And let's talk about the Colts and the Bills. Scorgami for the 1,070th time. Wait, wait, wait. Are, Colts... we worried, are we worried about the Cowboys at all? Or are we okay? Oh, yeah. Sorry, we're talking about the Cowboys. Um, Brenton just trying to dip over America's team. My God. Is it because you didn't take them in the Super Bowl draft pool? Now you, you don't want to talk about them? Uh, it was, I was trying to move the podcast. That's on me. That's on me. Yeah, uh, sorry, Diva. It's more fun if you blame Brenton. I will say, looking at the Cowboys' schedule, I don't worry about them at all. They're going to the playoffs. All right, Debo might have some words about that later. All right. Uh, that doesn't mean the Eagles can't still make it. The Eagles can still make it. Moving on. I don't know. There's a path. Um <laughs> the two and a half. Yeah, I mean they're 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 probably fine. I am I am a little worried that we've got two out of three games where they've completely laid laid an egg on offense. But I think the, the uh the, the fact they'll win the division. I'm just thinking more like January football. Are we more concerned now than we were? Sort of like with the Buccaneers. They don't look to be be the same team we thought they were going to be. I, I would say this Tyron Smith matters. True <laughs> that. I mean yeah. the, Chiefs, the Chiefs were all over Dak Prescott. The offensive line couldn't protect and we saw you know Denver got all over him too, right? I mean they scored 25 points against the Broncos and Chiefs two but defenses that are have struggled at times this year, but are now playing pretty well, I think. But think about the thing that ties those teams together is that they're both in the AFC. And if you look at the Cowboys schedule, for whatever reason, they've struggled against AFC teams. They went to overtime with the Patriots. They only beat the Chargers by three in a game they probably could have lost. And so I think it's, you know, you see that sometimes with opposite conference teams where you only see, you know, this opponent once every four years and it's Mike McCarthy, so I don't think this is a crazy theory that maybe they're just bad against AFC teams right now because every game they've played against an AFC team has either been close or they've lost it. But wouldn't Jason Garrett also like mostly good against division rivals and not anyone else? That sounds right. Doesn't sound like him. <laughs> no, <laughs> what, a, what a bizarre Mike McCarthy theory. Uh, but if they do show against AFC teams, who do they play on Thanksgiving? Hmm. Breach might be onto something here. The Las Vegas Raiders. Breach is not onto anything. He's on something. <laughs> yeah, he's on some things. The uh, by the way, Wilson, the Cowboys are seven point favorites at home. Seven and a half point favorites. Now down to seven, I think, against the Raiders. What do you think about that matchup? Golly, I don't even like it. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb very unlikely to play. Right. Derek Carr is very angry based on his postgame comments. He's tired of losing. To mm. crappy teams like the Bengals. So I got some bad news for him. It ain't gonna get any easier in Dallas. Oh uh, boy. I think yeah. the Dallas, I think the Cowboys come out with something to prove. Ooh. All right. We have seen him bounce back, uh, but it's an AFC team, as Breach points out, with no real mathematical uh, <laughs> backing there. Uh Colts 41, Bills 15. Another I mean, it's wild seeing the Cowboys score nine and the Bills score 15 points. Um, the those two teams, I believe. As pointed out by our helpful research department, the number one scoring offense, the Cowboys was held to nine points. The number two, number two scoring offense, Buffalo was held to 15 points. Or just just wild to see uh, that sort of like situation unfold. Jonathan Taylor, 20 to one to win the MVP, hit 32 carries, 185 yards, five touchdowns, and set the franchise record for touchdowns in the game. Four rushing, one receiving, eight straight game with a rushing touchdown. Second longest streak in Colts history. I'm going to assume that Edron James is above him on that list. Uh, and then now most consecutive games with 100-plus scrimmage yards and a 
is it and a rush touchdown? Yes. Uh, Taylor is tied with LT and Lydell Mitchell for number one. LT, of course, in that magical 2006 season. Uh, it's also his second career game with a rush TD and receiving touchdown. He has five, 15 touchdowns, the most in the NFL. Are the Colts streaking their way to the playoffs, Wilson? Yeah. Uh, I think Breach mentioned them a second ago. And look, you can say, well, the, the three biggest rushing games prior to Sunday for Jonathan Taylor were against the Jaguars, against the Jets, against the Texans. So who gives a crap? This is against the Bills. And the Bills defense yeah. ain't no joke. In Buffalo, in crappy weather. So you knew they're going to lean on the running game. You knew Jonathan Taylor's going to run the ball. Quentin Nelson went out with a with a lower body injury. I think he may have banged up the uh, ankle that gave him uh, issues in the preseason. Doesn't matter. And I actually watched the first episode of In Season Hard Knocks with the Colts. How was it? Good. It was interesting. And the running backs coach was talking to Chris Ballard, the GM, talking about how blown away he was with how good Jonathan Taylor is. And he sees Jonathan Taylor every day for a year and a half now. So if he's blown away, I think we should all be blown away. And that was uh, <laughs> just uh, brought to bear against the Bills team. That does not look good on defense. And by the way, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, uh, a pass uh, reception touchdown too for Jonathan Taylor, so five total. And yeah. uh, good old uh, um, Josh Allen. I got some concerns about Josh Allen. Josh Allen doesn't look like last year's Josh Allen, and he's been sort of replacement level, and we haven't really talked about it. And if he's replacement level, this team is not a good football team. And they've had some – the last three weeks have been weird for a lot of good football teams. Um, but some teams have come out on top, and like the Patriots, for example, and some teams like the Titans and and more recently the Bills. There's some issues. And as we said after Thursday night, if I'm Buffalo, I'm concerned about the Patriots. I'm way more concerned now than I was two days ago. Yeah. By the way, we're pulling up MVP odds. Two points on that. Uh, one, do we think Josh Allen at 6-1 to one carries any value? And then maybe no. more importantly, too, for my selfish purposes in a game we already talked about, Patrick Mahomes, 8-1. to one. Hi. Yeah. I didn't actually bet it, but I told everyone, too. I hope you did. Well, I mean, neither of those guys helped their cause today. It, the Bills game was weird because they were down 24 to 7 at the half, even though they didn't punt the entire first half. It was they're they're just kind of like falling all over themselves. I mean, the interception on their first possession, the Indianapolis immediately turns into a touchdown. So now you're down 14 nothing. Uh later in the first half, they fumbled it. The Colts immediately turned that into a touchdown. Now you're down 24-7. <clears throat> and then Tyler Bass off the upright in a 57-yard field goal to end the half and misses. So, I mean, it's not like you can blame him for that, but it was just weird how everything kind of happened. The other thing about the Colts is that you remember how the Broncos started 3-0 and we're like, eh, they're probably not for real because of who they beat. That's how I felt about the Colts going into this game because they were 5-5, five and five, but you look at their five wins, it was against uh, the Jets, the Texans, the Jacksonville and San Francisco. So like, and back when San Francisco was bad a few weeks ago before they figured out they need to run the ball in every play. Uh, so you're talking about these wins that you just never got a good idea of how good the Colts could be. And then they come in here and just destroy Buffalo. Um, so, you know, you can say if the bills aren't as good as we thought, cause Josh Allen's playing replacement level. So then we, the Colts are still kind of an unknown, but any team that plays good defense and can run the ball can be good in January. And here's a fun fact for you guys. The Colts are 6-0 and this season when they rush for 125 yards or more, and they are 0-5 when they rush for under 125 yards. And by the way, we're not even talking about Carson Wentz. 
because he was 11 for 20 for 106. Did not do a whole bunch. And that's sort of the point. But the he defense, did make an amazing uh, like 12-yard run on a third and 10 where he should have been sacked. He had like three guys on him. He Houdini'd out of it. Uh, that was on a, a drive that stayed. He kept it alive for a touchdown. I looked up, and I thought that was Josh Allen. Like That's how <laughs> incredible it was. And then I realized that the uniforms were switched. Did you guys hear that call? Yeah, you tweeted. You couldn't. You quit, couldn't quit tweeting about it, Debo. Was that more? Uh, that was a good call. Was that the escape hatch call? Oh, he found the escape hatch. How's <laughs> my face? <laughs> Fantastic. That's a that's a young Kevin Harlan. <laughs> He's the greatest. <laughs> a young um, Kevin Harlan. Uh, by the way, very important here. Quentin Nelson, uh, Frank Reich said his injury does not appear serious, so that is huge for their run huge. attack. Indeed, huge. Colts still have a tough schedule, though. I mean, you, they're at six wins. They still have to play the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Cardinals. Those are three very tough games over their final six. Well, so I- the Steelers, Colts, Browns, Raiders, and Broncos would all be in or tied to be in the playoffs in the NFC, and they are all out of the playoffs in the AFC. That's sad. Yes. Side note. The, the Bills have, over the last four games, enough of a couple red flags where you have to be worried. Sorry, dude, I didn't I skip to the... But yeah, I mean, the, the Colts, Tampa at Houston, you have to think that they get uh, to their week 14 bye sitting at 7-6, and six, right? I mean, that would be really surprising if, if they lost both of those. Or, sp- I mean, maybe they split them the other way, but it'd, it'd be pretty surprising if they lost both, right? Right. So you figure, I mean, I'm going to pick the Patriots to beat them right now as it stands at the Cardinals is a tough matchup. And then they could, I, I would, I would probably pick them to go three and three the rest of the way. So the yeah. question is, does not, can they, one of two things, can they win? Can they steal one of those other games? And maybe it's the game against the Pats. Um, I feel like the game against the Buccaneers seems like the easier out of the, out of the Bucks, Patriots and Cardinals. You can't run against the Bucs though. I mean, yeah. before today, you couldn't run against the Bills. Right. Nah, you got to get the Bucks are like a, a, a straight up yeah. run. Fun. Yeah, I don't know. Bills were giving up under 90 yards a game. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I wouldn't be surprised. You got to get 10 wins. So you, you're going to have to make some magic happen, but they, right. they've been red hot. And by the way, you could end up winning the division, given the way that the team atop of the division is currently playing. That would be and, unfortunate for my my financial stake in the Tennessee Titans. Well, and Wilson mentioned how bad Wentz or that we're not talking about because he didn't really do anything. But imagine when he does just do a little bit, you know, like so. If, imagine what if what if he doesn't do anything? Well, then they negative? need they need Jonathan Taylor to go off for 185 yards and four touchdowns every week if he doesn't do anything. But if he throws for 200 yards and goes 15 to 20 instead, that gives him a chance against a team like the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers aren't playing that well. I mean, the Buccaneers are basically the NFC version of the Bills. Buccaneers have not won a game this month. Yeah, it's not like they're the a, a year ago. This team is. I mean, the Bills have lost. The Bills lost the Titans going to the bye. Came out and I know they covered against Miami, but they definitely shouldn't have. They lose. Well, they the, won that game by five hundred points, didn't they? Not the game. No, no, it was twenty six eleven versus Miami. You're thinking of the Jets, and they had a late garbage touchdown to, to cover. They they get they lose six. They give up. They score six points against the Jaguars and lose on the road. Boy. Blow out the Jets on the road, and then they get blown out at home against the Colts. Uh, you know, in their first home game of the month, in like almost a month. What a weird Jekyll and Hyde team this is. Their other loss, they lost to the the uh, the Steelers in Week One. I mean, like this is what a bizarre season. And their four wins 
going into that Tennessee loss are Miami, Washington, Houston, and then at Kansas City in a game that they like basically laid it all on the line for on Sunday Night Football to try and prove they could take down the Chiefs. The, it's concerning. They're, they're at New England, or excuse me, at New Orleans on Thursday night and Thanksgiving night. Pats at home, at Tampa, Carolina at home, at New England, Atlanta, the Jets. I mean, they got probably three guaranteed wins left on the schedule. But I'm starting to sweat this over-under that I got at 10 and a half. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, uh, that's funny. If Before you said that, when you said they had three guaranteed wins, I was about to say, I think they get to 10. I think they're comfortably at 10, and then you throw out your 10 and a half. I, that's, they're going to have to steal one. They're going to have to not get swept by the Patriots, which is funny because two weeks ago, before that Jacksonville game, there was, we wouldn't even be talking about the possibility of New England sweeping Buffalo, and now it doesn't seem that crazy. And then you have Tampa there, and, and man, the Bills are uh, – in a free fall. I think now, what you're saying. Now look, they go to New Orleans and smoke the Saints, and all of a sudden we're like, all right, you know, maybe they're back on track. You split with the Pats. So the key, you need to win on Thanksgiving. They're four and a half point favorites. Split with the Pats, beat the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, and we get to that 11 wins. And Brinson well, catches out and uses that money to buy more Brinson Sucks hats to give away for the podcast. Absolutely. Which you can win if you hit the like button on like, this like, podcast. Like. We're getting close to being able to give away a hat. Smash the like button. Smash. We're going to head to a break. And when we come back, Breach will tell you what. I don't know. I was going to do a Bengals show. We're taking a break. See you in a second. <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Texans 22, Titans 13. What the hell is the deal with the Titans? They have lost to the Jets and the Texans, they outgained the Texans 420 yards to 190 yards on Sunday and lost. Entering teams. Sunday, teams, I think this is, I assume this is all time. Teams were, when, when, when one team outgained another team by 230 plus yards, they were 313 to, and 28. Like you win that. You win, when, you, when you outgain somebody by 230 yards, you win that game. Almost all the time. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What's the uh, math say when you when the turnover differential is zero to five? Probably not as good. Because I think that that was the, the great equalizer in this dog doo doo of a game. Again, right. terrible weather in Nashville. What's going on in Nashville? Breach. Uh, it, I'll tell you that somebody here forsaken God because we have just been having <laughs> uh, the apocalypse. In Nashville, it literally rained all afternoon. I thought my cable was going to go out. I thought my house was going to flood. It was like uh, Noah's Ark level 
pouring down rain starting about 1130 and just nonstop till about 530. So literally while the Titans game was going on, it did not rain this morning. It did not rain tonight. It was just right afternoon when the Titans were playing. Uh, And you know what? This game was interesting because, uh, first of all, the Texans, we mentioned their 190 yards. That was the fewest yards uh, by a winning team in the NFL this year. Before this week, honor was held by the Titans, who had 194 when they beat the Rams. Um, And and this was just all on Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I don't know what else to say, except that I I talked about a little bit with Brenton in the preview show, looking at the Week 12 stuff, that the game... Ever since Derrick Henry got hurt, there hasn't been a game that really got put on Tannehill's shoulders because against the Rams, the defense played so well. Against the Saints, the defense played so well. And so the the Titans were never in a hole. And then here you had this game where it was kind of, all right, either Ryan Tannehill's going to win it because this is a team they should have crushed. And he goes out, throws four interceptions. Uh, They had an idiotic punt return that bounced (laughs) off the returner's foot. Awesome. Uh, inside Tennessee's own five yard, the guy turns his back. He, tur- to the he ball. turned his back on the on the punt return, like, and the ball oh, hits his God. foot, and the Texans recover it at the five yard line. And so Houston got thirteen of their twenty two points off these five turnovers. Uh, and this was the first time since nineteen seventy nine that the sixteenth ranked team in a conference, th- so the last place team in the conference, beat the top team in a conference. Here, I got a uh, another fun fact for you. Not so fun for me because I have to relive this. 2002, which was the inaugural season for the Texans, they went to, I think this game was in Pittsburgh. Mm. They went to Pittsburgh. Derek Carr played. The Steelers had 442 total yards, and they lost 24 to 6. How many total yards do you think the Texans had? 75. Oh, this is like an NFL record, like 55. 47. Oh, my God. 294 to 47, or excuse me, 422 to 47, and the Steelers lost by 18 points. So okay. it could have been worse. Ryan Tannehill and Mike Rabel, if that makes you feel any better. It probably doesn't. Probably doesn't. I mean, this, yeah, this this um, this stat, like this box score is remarkable. You look at this box score, and without knowing what the final score of this game was, and you would 100% think the Titans absolutely obliterated the Texans. I mean, Rex Burkhead was the leading rusher with 40 yards. Tyrod Taylor, 14 to 24 for 107 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And Chris Conley, four catches, 37 yards, their leading receiver. There was a moment where it looked like the t- Titans were going to find a way to steal this. And it was mostly when uh, David Culley decided to punt late in the game. Like he, he had like a, was it fourth what you, and. You have nothing to lose, man. It was fourth and one. Go exactly. for it. But I guess he knew Ron Tannehill was going to throw another interception, which is what happened. Yes. But that that's one of the things. Like David Culley, by all accounts, is a great dude. That has to be the first question you ask at the job interview. And it has to be some clause in your contract that if you just say something at a job interview and you do the exact opposite, you you're that's grounds for firing on the spot. The the Titans had I mean, the Texans, excuse me, had I mean this is remarkable. Ten drives that went less than ten yards. That's what I, mean, I was that is, and, and as Breach points out, on those drives, they got 13 points. They got 13 points on 10 drives of 10 yards or less. That is unbelievable. Without moving the ball, they got 13. So basically, the Titans gifted them 13 points. They had, this is stunning to look at. They had seven drives of five yards or less. And they got those 13 points on those drives. It's unbelievable. I'm not sure just because all the turnovers and because it poured down rain the whole game, if we learned a lot about the Titans, but I would be a little concerned about their offense. 
I will just say this, and looking back at that Steelers Texans game from 02, the Texans had 10 drives other than um, the half. The first 10 drives ended in punt. They had the final one in the field goal. They had two pick sixes by Aaron Glenn. So, you know, history repeating itself, basically. The Steelers had five turnovers in that game. And, again, if it makes the, Texans feel, uh, the, the Titans feel any better, the Steelers went to the playoffs that year. But no one had a lot of hope in them, and I don't know how you can have a lot of hope in the Titans. Yeah, you need, it, you need Derek Henry to come back, like right now. Yeah, their run games disappeared, and Ryan Tannehill, they just can't, they don't really have the, they don't have the weapons to be this pass-heavy offense that they sort of need to be. It's just, it's a tough spot. Oh, look, also, and I'm not trying to brag about my picks or anything, because I went seven and seven. Um, one one game better than Ryan Wilson. Uh, but the, um, this That's is a, tra- this is a clear the, trap. The game podcast the- leader today was me, by the way. Just so That's everyone right. knows, eight and six against the spread, Owned you guys. Just so we're clear, I'm still a sharp against the spread, and I'm still leading you goobers and everyone else at CBS straight up. So Ooh, by one, Wilson, I'm coming for you. Suck it. I man. have breach. I have breach and I have breach and Prisco. And J- I have JLC in my site. And the only reason I'm beating you guys is because I split the Chargers Steelers. I got the Chargers win with the Steelers cover. Breach is talking about beating us. He was in first place straight up for weeks. Now he's talking about he's catching us. You're going hey, the wrong way. I'm dumb, the Minnesota dumb. Vikings of picks, man. I get the lead. I fall behind. I get the lead. I fall behind. Eventually, I win. Okay. okay. Maybe. So Maybe. you're... I don't want to be bragging about being the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> so the, what do we uh, think? With, uh, with this with this, lo- with this win, with this... We'll call it a loss, actually, for the, uh, the Texans. The Texans now only have the number four seed in the draft. What are you doing, Houston? Oh, that's good. I think what happens is you push yourself down. You try to get to like the eighth or ninth seed, and that way you can draft a quarterback and not overdraft one. Oh, you don't have to draft Sam Howell at two or whatever? Yeah, hopefully you don't draft Sam Howell at all. But yeah, that's right. Okay. Sam Howell's not that bad. The Titans have eight wins. How many do they end up with? Well, mm-hmm. we just talked about um, the Colts needing to get to 10. So can the Titans win two, two to three more games? They get to win two more. They still have the Dolphins. The Titans are going to the playoffs. They still have the Texans. They still have Jacksonville. Well, they just lost the Texans. Uh, yeah, losing, splitting with the Texans is not. Yeah, ideal. but guess what? The next one's in Houston, where it can't rain because they're dumb over the stadium. That's leave right. The, leave the roof open. I mean, I think they lose the Pats in New England. Personally, it would appear that way based on what we've seen. I mean, and, well, I mean, they've gotten up against good teams, and what did you say, Breach? They're undefeated against New England under Mike Vrabel. Yes, it's only two and zero. Yep. Still they they should beat Jacksonville. But not, not a guarantee. I mean, but I feel like the reason for that is because they have Derrick Henry. And, you know, like Belichick obviously tries to take away your best thing. You can't take you can't like teach your defense to tackle Derrick Henry. He's just going to run over everyone no matter what. So yeah, and that's what Breach and I were saying on the early odds podcast, too, is that and we'll talk about this, of course, this week. But, you know, when you have if A.J. Brown is your like only weapon, you know, Bill Belichick can lock in on A.J. Brown, take him out of it. It's like, all right, Ryan Tannehill beat us with, you know, Westbrook Akine or whatever. Uh, moving on. Ravens, 16. Bears, 13. I don't know if you guys heard the Fire Matt Nagy chants or if you saw the Bears periscope they did after the game. They're like, Coach Nagy's live at the at the podium. And the, the comments are ruthless. It makes it makes the YouTube chat for this podcast on Sunday nights look kind. Seem like an NPR usually, What's that? Seem like an NPR get-together. An NPR get-together? I don't. He's joking because, no, it does not. Oh, is that is that are people nice on the NPR get together? Yeah, they say he sounds very pleasant. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, I mean, like usually in this chat today. on our YouTube, I look at it. It's like my I wake up in the morning, I'm like crying, like my my feelings are hurt. Uh, Mission accomplished. Nagy, I hope he doesn't read the comments as well, uh, because 
boy, oh boy, he looks. I mean, they got they got look right before the game, or I mean, not right before the game, but you know, we we knew Lamar Jackson texted um, his boy Tyler Huntley. I keep wanting to call him Trace McSorley. I don't Tyler, know why. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he texts Tyler Huntley. It's like, hey man, light it up today. And Tyler Huntley like played okay given the, all the circumstances. Yeah, he, had one, he had literally had one throw. <laughs> <laughs> he had one good drive. Yeah. No, he just played terrible. okay given the circumstances. That's a uh, decent defense. Not really. Right, should the Bears fire Matt Nagy? Let me ask you that. Well, the question always comes up when we talk about firing people. Can you find someone better? And I would posit, can you find someone worse than Matt Nagy? <laughs> I, was that, I, was, I thought it was rhetorical. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Matt Patricia? Has he gotten the most out of this team? No. Has he? I mean, has he come close to getting the most out of this team? And you could argue about injuries and, you know, Khalil. He got, he got the most out of Andy Dalton today. By the oh, way, man. final score, Baltimore 16, Chicago 13. Look, he's not the defensive coordinator. I know the defensive coordinator is a, a first-year guy. And so I, I don't I don't know how much you can put on the defense and the lack of and the injuries and all that. But at this point in the year, like you can't make excuses about injuries. Uh, the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson. So ipso facto, to sort of paraphrase Michael Scott, I mean, dude, what are you doing? Like, how's that what's last a, play? What's a worse loss without the quarterback, Seattle to Colt McCoy or Chicago to Tyler Huntley? Uh, I, I think the the one in Seattle is going to be a huge problem for, for Russ Wilson's future. But I would ask this question. What's the worst loss for Chicago? The Steelers loss where they got robbed by the refs or this loss where they robbed themselves? Well, I mean, the crazy thing is they probably should have won both games if they had a competent coach. 100%. And then you're talking about a 5-5 five and five team, and it's a completely different conversation. So I think that's your argument for getting rid of Matt Nagy. When your coach is – when you're losing games because of coaching, that's when you know it might be time to move on. Look, when when when, when Freddie Outhouse discussions are breaking out in the YouTube chat, hit the like button. We're almost there to give away a free hat. Uh, we're a couple away. The um, when for Freddie outhouse discussions are breaking out in the chat, that's when you know that you've gotten a bad situation in your hands. Matt Nagy has been, I mean, like I know, I know everybody, I know the Bears, hate, Bears fans hate his play calling and all that. He's won like a lot of games. Uh, what? He went eight and eight last year. I know he was coach of the years. I think it's rookie. more of he's been to the playoffs two times in three years, which you know most coaches don't get grilled like this when they've been to the playoffs two of their first three seasons and never had a losing season. Fair. Um, I mean, that's, huh. that's, that's what the bears front office is probably saying. That's why we're not firing him right now because he's been in the playoffs twice and he hasn't had a losing record. Like he hasn't, and he makes Andy Dalton look like an MVP. This uh, currently the bears pick that's going to the giants is number six overall. That's Princeton not somebody good. has got a Brinson burner account going. Yeah, they could use a, they could use a uh, an offensive lineman for sure, but they're not going to get one in the first round. Yes, they certainly could. Uh, they would not get one in the first round. I mean, Justin Fields suffered bruised ribs, report, according to reports. Not uh, uh, doesn't sound like it's going to be a spleen injury or broken ribs, which is huge. But it's hard to imagine him playing on Thursday at Detroit. The question, the problem is at three and seven now. Do the Bears? Where are we at on the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, oh, crap, we have to 
do X scale? Because if you're Nagy, you're trying to save your job. So do you play Justin Fields on a short week against a terrible team with bruised ribs? Because yeah. that's how you get broken ribs for your quarterback or something or something worse, right? It's a it's a weird line to walk if you're Chicago. You're not a playoff team. You know, you, I know you're only two games out technically, but you're a bad football team, and I, I just don't know what you do. The Ravens, it's hard to just really dive into this too much because they, you know, no Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I, you know, you don't know anything about the Ravens. They won the game, which is what they had to do, and then other than that, it's you move on and they'll get Lamar back and they'll be the Ravens going. Forward. They found a way to steal the game, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, let's not forget. They were the Ravens going forward when they lost to the Dolphins on Thursday night, too. So this is another team that has a lot of issues, like the Titans and like the Bills, that we really don't know a lot about from one week to the next. I mean, there's so, not, a, there's not, a, there's not, a, yeah. Drop your Twitter handle or Instagram handle or some sort of social media channel handle and and like make a note of of what it is if you don't mind. In the chat, we'll uh, we'll gather names to give away. Keep it the like button, of course. Um, there's not a team in the NFL without a flaw, like without some sort of warts or flaws or concerns they're just not at this point so titans bills ravens rank them in terms of how good you feel about them in in january february football bills ravens titans ravens bills titans are we assuming no derrick henry yeah just what you got right now yeah then ravens bills titans i think my concern is that the ravens are too this would be the argument for Lamar for MVP is they are, I mean, I know they won anyway, but like with that offense is Lamar. I mean, they only scored 10 points. Like Ryan said, the last time Lamar was out there. Yeah, sure. No, it's, it's a fair, fair argument. Their defense stinks too. Like, again, the, the defense has been the issue and the defense is never the issue when you play the bears, but uh, for other teams, including, <laughs> including the, the two alleged dolphins, it was a problem. Man, the Ravens schedule is brutal. Oh, what is it? It is Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Yeah. yeah, that is not ideal, but I would argue that if you can, like, you have the opportunity. They don't play to, a team with a losing record for the rest of the season. Yeah, my, my point is just that obviously Packers and Rams tossed in there is a is a huge problem. But you have five division. I mean, the AFC North is going to be decided. Like it always was going to be decided, just like the NFL sets it up in these games at the end of the year. You know, that the Ravens can decide the AFC North in really the next three weeks if they want. If they sweep the Browns and beat the Steelers on the road, that division's basically over. I don't know. They could Bengals get swept have by the that. Bengals. The Bengals are winning the division. Bengals only one game out, and if they sweep the Ravens, I mean, the Bengals could win the division. Don't don't hold that against me. Thank you, Brenton. Clip that one and make sure uh, you I didn't play say, that. In don't a don't weeks. clip either of those. The Vikings Go thirty-four, Packers thirty-one. The Vikings have won consecutive games against the Packers for the first time since 2017. Hmm. Nine out of the Vikings' 10 games this year have been decided by seven points or fewer than most in the NFL. Oh, my God. They're going to be the kings of, of a, a positive or negative regression, I guess. Including today, eight of those games have the results determined on the final play. Eight games determined on the final play. They are the most insane team in the NFL. They've led by seven points in every game they play this season. The only team in the NFL to do that. Kirk Cousins, 24, 35, 341 yards and three touchdowns. He has not thrown an interception since week five. He threw one today. Can, what? Darnell Savage dropped one that could have changed the, the shape of that game at the it's end. It's actually there. overturned, I believe. 
It was. That's my point. Yeah. I just uh, 197, 195 straight passes without a pick, the longest active streak in the NFL. And that's 24 straight games with a touchdown pass tied for the longest streak in franchise history without looking, I'm going to assume, Frank Tarkin, Fran Tarkenton. Frank Tarkenton. Um, although it could be Dante Culpepper. For what streak? Longest touchdown passes. Most touchdown, most games with a touchdown pass in a row. Yeah, I don't know. That does sound good. I'm going with Christian Ponder. I'm going with Brad Johnson. I guess it could be Brett Favre. Black Mountain is probably. It definitely could be Brett Favre. Black Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, it's Dante Culpepper. That stat was directly below what I was reading, and I didn't see it. Princeton's line, he saw it. No, I didn't. Uh, 24 24 for Cousins and Culpepper, 21. (laughs) <laughs> 21 for Cole Pepper as well. 19 Cousins, 18 Tarkenton. So no far involved. Justin Jefferson had a massive game. Eight catches, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. 104 of those receiving yards came in the first quarter. He's the first Viking with 100 receiving yards in the first quarter since Randy Moss in 1999. It's his 11th career game with 100-plus receiving yards, tied with Randy Moss for the most by a Viking in a player's first two seasons. He is the real deal. He is exploding. Do we believe the Vikings breach are a playoff caliber team as the only person I think here that picked them to win straight up. Uh, I've been still on the Vikings for a few weeks. I just think you know, you mentioned that nine of their 10 games have come down to one score or yeah, that they were decided by one score and five of them or a bunch of them decided on the final play. And I, it's just when you can literally point to five plays in an entire season and say this five and five team could be nine and one or eight and two, to me, that that's where we talk about, you know, there's regression, there's getting better, but there in football, there are just luck where there's just a couple bad bounces that work against you and they can't keep working against you all the time. Although I'm sure Vikings fans feel like that all the bounces do go against them, whether it's missed field goals uh, throughout your history or, or crazy things that happened to you and losses like Dalvin Cook fumbling in week one or Greg Joseph missing in week two. But this is one of those games where everything did go their way where you had Mason Crosby missing a 32 yard field goal, uh, which ended up playing a big part in a the game. They only won by three Kirk cousins playing lights out. Just, I mean, I don't want to say outplayed Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers looked pretty phenomenal too, but it just, it, it's like the Vikings have looked so smart. I mean, even last week, Mike Zimmer, probably one of his best coached games of the season. Uh, and they come in here and it just looked like they were always one step ahead of the Packers. You know exactly what they were going to do. I like the Vikings a lot. I think they have, if I had to pick the NFC playoff field right now, I'm putting the Vikings in. But here's the thing. Like they were up 23 to 10 in the third quarter. And as I mentioned, they were that one Kirk Cousins interception away. And Darnell Savage had it in his hand and just lost it when he went to the ground. And that game's over because the Packers had just scored. The Vikings were trying to drive. And the very, I think it was the very first pass of the series was an interception down the right side. So again, they're up 13 and they just, let teams back in and I, I know what you're saying and I know they're playing well and they're a handful of plays um, from being much better than they are but why do they keep letting teams get back in the games because of the Vikings that's what they do okay well, I mean, that, like, I, I don't I don't know if I buy I mean I guess I don't know if I buy the idea it's like well they could five plays and this team is in first place in the well, NFC. I mean, if you've le- you read the stat, you've led they've led by a touchdown in every single game this season. No other team has, and so that says something. Right, but about- those two stats combined, I don't think necessarily are like this team could be dangerous. It's, it's almost like this team is going to screw it up in the playoffs. It's more right. like I think it's more the second thing than the first thing I mean, because 
they're the Vikings. They do that. They screw up a lot in the playoffs. And also playoff games always in prime time. That's trouble. They need the Saturday afternoon slot. They need to request it. But this was, I mean, look, it's crazy that Justin Jefferson has had two big weeks in a row because you, he's he's the one guy you got to cover in that offense, and, and he was just running wild. His, his underlying numbers have been showing like a, a, a likely big like explosion game and these explosion games for Justin Jefferson are coming now. Um, if look at the wild card race in, I mean, we still think the Packers are winning the division, right? Uh, yes, they are. Yes. Okay. Just make sure. Reese has are, to, he's just trying to make, make for wait, wait, half games up or two and a half games up on the, uh, on the Minnesota Vikings. I wish that the NFL oh, yeah, the stat pages would do the thing that baseball does, where it shows you how many games back they are. So I don't have to do the math uh, in my head. The, I mean, look at that. They won one of those games by 13 points somehow. The 49ers are five and five. So we have the Vikings, Saints, 49ers at five and five, the Eagles and Panthers at five and six. Of those teams, who inspires the most confidence for you guys? The Saints inspire zero confidence. So I'm right. I'm done done with them. I sort of think Minnesota and San Francisco. Well, San Francisco's playing better. Seattle's done. But Here, here's the crazy thing real quick is that Minnesota and San Francisco play each other at, up this upcoming week, week 12. So that's another loss for one of them right there. That's actually mm, not crazy because it's been on the schedule since the summer. Well, well, it's crazy in terms of the wild card race. We should we go ahead and talk about the five Eagles and, five. and the Saints. I'm going to let Debo talk. 40 to 29. The Eagles stomp. New Orleans. I mean, it kind of got a little. Debo was like out there peacocking on Twitter, and then it almost got to the point where it's like he was going to have to sweat out a a late uh, Saints comeback, but that didn't happen. The whole process behind behind handicapping the Saints winning this game was the ability to stop the run. But the Eagles actually rushed for a season high two hundred and forty two yards. They have rushed for eight hundred and seventy yards and nine touchdowns in the past four games. They've had 100 yards rushing in six straight games. They've had at least 64 yards rushing in every game this season. They are ranked first in number of rushes, yards per game, rushing touchdowns. And over the last four games, they are 3-1. and one. They are doing what, I don't know, Debo, we all thought they should do, ironically, without Miles Sanders out there. Uh, and they were running the football really well. Do you Are you starting to believe that this is a playoff team with destiny stamped all over it? I'm believing. I don't know how far destiny might take them, but I believe in at least a potential playoff berth. And I don't know why it took seven weeks for that philosophy shift, but it happened. And I think the lesson here is is patience. I had it with Jalen Hurts. You guys know that. I did not have it with Nick Sirianni, but it's it's a good lesson. Hurts was a rookie quarterback, essentially. Sirianni was a rookie head coach. It, it wasn't going to click right away and it didn't but it's clicking right now after that shift and and things are looking good and and the schedule helps as i say every week but i think it's just a matter of patience for those two to kind of develop and develop together debo did you see the espn pregame with uh, kevin hart i i saw some clips of it yeah you should watch that that was actually like kevin hart's oversaturated for me in much the same way will ferrell is that was legit funny i i enjoyed that what are you making that dumb face for? Don't shocker. I, I, I will fare a little bit higher on the comedic scale. That's than, not what I said. I said they're oversaturated. I see too oh, much. Okay, I, I just, yeah. I guess, I don't really. Kevin Hart doesn't do anything for me. 
Well, that's fine. I mean, looking at you and looking at Kevin Hart, I can figure out why. But he's a huge <laughs> Eagles fan. <laughs> hey oh. No, he was funny. He was on with uh with the I, was, I was saying that in my head and I was like, I know exactly what yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that I, I enjoyed watching that, even though I'm obviously not an Eagles fan. And I've also come around um through no lack of, of Debo's persistence in, in terms of supporting Jalen Hurts. I, I like Jalen Hurts. Let's go. That's right. So I, I'm always betting Eagles now because they, they always seem to cover. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, I don't care if he rolls right, as long as teams defenses let him do it because he, he's going to get eight or nine yards. He wins with his legs. And unlike just about every other quarterback, he even though he takes some hits, he doesn't – he's so thick, it feels like he's not going to get – he's less likely to get injured. So well, he's, he's never I think gonna... it would be a mistake for the Eagles to draft a quarterback early in this – upcoming draft class unless they just have some you can over heels evaluation of a player yeah, yeah you can't with the way he's playing right now and in, in this draft class and he's never going to be the type of guy that throws for 350 yards a game and i don't think you want him to be when he's throwing 20 to 25 times a game and he's running i mean this is my uh i think take of the week that i 100 percent believe in i think already <laughs> He's one of the test, 10 best running quarterbacks ever. What? 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 You know how we say like Patrick Mahomes isn't a top five quarterback ever, but he's he's already one of the, the five best to play the position. So Jalen Hurts doesn't have the best accolades for running quarterbacks, but he's already one of the 10 best runners as a quarterback in NFL history. Dude, I will tell you this. Uh, like, I, I, would have to, I don't know the history. He, so. He's going to have a top five rushing quarterback season in NFL history. Richland's furiously looking it up. But I will tell you this, like during the draft I, I, process. Well, I, well, let's, I mean, okay. let me finish this I, I have a list if you want to. I, I, what? There's another. Which you think, do you think he's better than Randall Cunningham? No. Okay. So do you have him five behind Mike Vick? I said Lamar top Jackson, 10. Cam Newton, uh, top and 10. Randall Cunningham? Top 10. I think you said top. Oh, did you say top, top 10 of all time? Yeah, I said top 10. Vick, Cam, um, Lamar, Randall. Russ, Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton, and then maybe you can throw on like Cordell Stewart. You can nice. argue Kyler, Gosh. even though I think Jalen's a better runner than Kyler. Yeah. Wait, what, is this, what about is Andy this true that is this true that that John Harbaugh is top fifteen all time rushing yards by quarterbacks? I guess so. If you're looking by that, Jim Harbaugh, a, not John. He's Harbaugh. a better yeah, runner. Jim, Jim. I love Donovan McNabb, but Jalen. What about Hurts, what about Steve Young? He mentioned him. He mentioned him. Steve Young's on that list. He's better than McNabb. I think he's better than McNabb. Uh, yeah. You, okay, you might be onto something here. Look at that. You made. I just, I just think he's an elite, elite runner. Like I'm just so impressed with how he, and he's not the fastest guy on the. He, he's not Lamar Speed, but just the way he runs, he's super impressive. Debo, I had a. Uh, Is Terry Bradshaw top twenty-five all-time quarterback? He used to run a lot too. Debo, well, during the draft, like, the draft names who you wouldn't expect to see. Is all all right, just give me 10 seconds to tell Debo something, and then you can interrupt in a mm-hmm. second. Sorry, I didn't you know, take us down a different path than what Debo was trying to talk about. That doesn't mean you can co- continue to interrupt people. I do that what is- I want. It's my podcast. By the way, uh, Pete Prisco loses his uh, Bears pick. He got plus six, plus one and a half. Uh-uh, not taking it. Go ahead, Russell. Russell. What, you talk- what are you talking about, the Bears pick? That's something I'm just letting Debo know. Oh. No, during the draft process, when Jalen Hurts was coming out, uh, I had a – NFL offensive line coach told me he was the best running back in the Big 12. And it wasn't a slight. He was just saying, after watching everyone 
um, all the running backs and the quarterbacks, it, it wasn't even close. That's how good they thought he was. I was like, oh, that seems like a weird thing to say. But in retrospect, uh, I remember you breaking it down like that because he didn't mean it as a knock. Like you're no, saying. it was very much meant in a positive light. And um, I, I imagine you would now agree with that, given that you are a huge Jalen Hurts supporter. Huge. Everybody, a- the fan base wanted Denzel Mims with that second round pick. Oh, my God. I wish we had Denzel Mims. Shut up. Let's go. Oh. Oh, ho, ho. So, Debo, are you getting a Jalen Hurts or Devontae Smith jersey first? <laughs> I don't know what I'll be asking for for Christmas. Well, uh, toss that Eagle schedule up on the uh, the board and let's see. Yeah, this schedule is schedule. insane for how undifficult it is. Oh, really? <laughs> difficult. I mean, because the Saints still have division games against tougher teams. The Eagles are at the, the Eagles have the Giants twice. Obviously, you have Dallas uh, the final week of the season, Washington and the Jets. Washington twice in the Jets. Although Washington, we'll get to them in just a second, playing a little bit better. Maybe that was Taylor Heineke showing out in, in his revenge game. But I mean, the Eagles should win. And the Eagles should go what? The Eagles, three have, three the Eagles have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the NFL. I mean, three and three would be worst case with this schedule. I Their think. opponents have a combined winning percentage of 397. The next closest is 411. What if they go five and one? I mean, I don't it's think out it's out there. Question. It's out there. There's a path to it. The, the there's a, there's a path. Debo there's a path. To, there's a path. Seven to, probably gets him in. I, I oh, think. Oh, there's a path. There's a path to the, You know, they could go four two, and then there would be a path to nine wins. There it is. That's what I see. I see nine wins. I see a disappointing loss to in one of the Giants games. Cowboys probably aren't fighting for much in in week eighteen, but nine is is probably my pick right now. Well, I mean, nine Cowboys. wins probably gets you in the NFC playoffs. We mentioned the Cowboys schedule. I don't remember if we talked about it or not. Yeah, I made you stop to talk about it because you tried to skip over them, and I said it was a slap in the face to America because you were insulting America's well, team. I'm just trying to sort of think. That, so they got the Raiders, they're huge favorites at the Saints. I mean, probably a loss if you're just you know putting it in the books on a Thursday. And that's when I gave you the whole theory about how the Cowboys struggle against AFC teams. That's right. That's right. You did give me that. I'm just. Sort of, I'm trying to think. What I do think we think? I know the path you're going down. Is it? Is it Eagles go five and zero over the next five and Week 18 matters? Division, yeah, that's, division, yeah, exactly. that's sort of, division on the line. And that's what I'm sort of wondering. Is uh, is are the can the Eagles press the Cowboys into caring about Week 18? But see, the problem is I think the Cowboys have enough winnable games left that, like they they might be. It's tough. If the Cowboys had like one more loss, like that Vikings game a couple weeks ago with Cooper Rush, then things get a lot more interesting. If it does come down to that week 18 matchup, I'm going to give Jerry Jones a little free advice. Have Doug Peterson do the uh, pregame coin toss. Bring him out there. <laughs> send a message. Didn't Jeff Fisher do that once? Like he brought out all the draft picks from the- he, he wrote out all the, the guys who RG, they traded RG, they traded. Uh, That's cold blooded. Is the RG3 trade or whatever. Yeah. They rolled out all the guys in that trade to go up against Washington. Um, the, the Saints, I mean, what a stunning effort against, like, again, the whole idea was that the Saints would be able to slow down the run, and that's why the Eagles would struggle. And they just got absolutely gashed in the run game, really. A lot of good run teams didn't show up on Sunday. Yeah. Run defenses didn't right. show up. Thank New you. Orleans... I don't know that. I mean, I, I like. I don't know that I put too much of this. I know Trevor Simeon had two picks and wasn't great. They had no Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. 
for the, I put a lot into it. Trevor Simeon's 0 and 3. They're not winning. Right. They're just not winning with him. Like, they don't I, have. I I mean, should they go sign Philip Rivers? I mean, I don't want to be the guy who keeps bringing that up. Should they go do it? I mean, you should keep bringing it up because why wouldn't you're throwing your season away by not bringing him in? You've so, you've seen you were five and two, and now you're five and five because you refuse to make a change at quarterback. Well, I mean, it it, it does beg the Taysom Hill is healthy for this game, right? They've yeah. got a two point loss to the Falcons, a two point loss to the Titans. If you had a competent quarterback, I think you win those games, and this one's a lot closer. Hmm. Adam Troutman had a really nice game. Uh, eight targets, five catches, 58 yards. That's a fantasy name to watch. Yeah, that's fantasy, but that was all garbage. That, this game was never close. I know you had an early touchdown, I think. Yeah, but it was 30-7 to seven in the third quarter. No, but he, he scored on a catch to make it 14-7. And that was Trevor Simeon's best throw, best throw of the game. So my, my point is just that Adam Troutman has been heavily targeted by Trevor Simeon. If you need a tight end in fantasy, he's right. one to look for. Little Jordan yeah. Humphrey had a touchdown. Is this is it is it legally Little Jordan? Yeah. L I L possible. And the funny yep. thing is, not he's little. Michael Jordan. No, he's not little. He's huge. Oh, right. Maybe he's little, like compared to the rest of his family. True. That's you a good you think, like, get a tiny package. <laughs> <laughs> I you, thought Rich actually said that. Play it again. <laughs> get a tiny package. <laughs> that does a layup for Debo. Put that right on the T for him. Debo figured out a workaround on these drops. <laughs> yeah, took the, the um, out. Uh, do you think like he has his monogram as like L? Is it is little his first name or is his first name Little Jordan? It's L I L apostrophe J. Yeah, I know that. Oh yeah. So well, yeah. I mean, no one's middle name is comes after an apostrophe. It's Little Jordan Humphrey. So Little Jordan, I would imagine, is his first name. Okay, but okay, so he just doesn't have a middle name. I don't, dude. I don't know. I don't know what the guy's birth certificate looks like. He well, goes by Little Jordan. So I just wonder if, like, you know, if he gets like like his initials on, you know, like some luggage or a shirt or something. Does he do? Yeah. Uh, it probably says Little Jordan Humphrey on his credit card. I would imagine. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah, sir. It says on his <laughs> credit card. <laughs> That's Why? What? That's his name. You guys. Well, I know. I'm, not, I'm just. I'm just asking. I'm just curious. Uh, Breach is laughing that he would have that on his credit card. If that's his name, what else would he have on there? <laughs> the, the, the thought of someone, the, the thing that you thinking of that made me laugh. I don't oh. know why. No, I mean, it's definitely, it's, no, it's just like when, like, it's, it's sort of like um, Jackrabbit Jenkins. You know how, oh, like, really? Little Humphrey, like, Humphrey's a name, and Little is like, uh, no, 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 but no, uh, Janoris Jenkins is having, legally having his name changed to Jackrabbit, and has asked announcers to start calling him Jackrabbit. Well, I mean, is that, thinker, is that like just as strange as the fact that this podcast, that two-thirds of us don't go by our first name? Yeah, true. Actually, all three of us, Wilson, Breach, and Brinson. What are you talking about? <laughs> if I could, nobody calls me Will. If somebody calls me Will, they're pissed. Uh, and I'm scared. What do you <laughs> think, John's? My, if that? I had to guess John's middle name, it's probably Doe. And that's how he, avoids, how he avoids, uh, you know. Everything. Going from town to town. My credit card says John Doe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Smash that like button. But yeah, I mean, where, where like, what's the, uh, why didn't Taysom Hill get more run? I'm off the Saints bandwagon. I don't think they have a shot at the playoffs. I'm off. I'm out. If they five sign and five. They still have face the Bills, the yeah. Cowboys, the Buccaneers. The, it's ugly. I'm with you. I mean, they gave Taysom Hill $140 million. What are we doing? Play the guy. If you're, you're getting blown out. Play this guy. Is he, he wouldn't hurt today, was he? Who knows? <laughs> he's not a quarterback. I mean, to, to echo Pete Prisco. So that's not, he's not going to okay. solve your, your issues. All right. Just, I'm just 
Right. I should run the looks. single wing and the wildcat the whole game. Yeah, Lil Jordan Humphrey, six foot four, two twenty two, big man. So Eagles rolling, Saints slipping. Probably some value on the Saints now uh, if they get bet up on Thanksgiving. They're at home. They're four and a half point dogs, but the Bills, of course, look bad too. So we'll we'll see. WFT twenty seven, Panthers twenty one. Ron Rivera in his revenge game and. Taylor Heineke in his revenge game spoiled Cam Newton's double revenge game, which was would have been against Ron Rivera, I guess, but mostly against his own team. Although I guess Cam Newton got revenge because he, you know, his own team lost, and that the team that cut him. Preston, that was the most convoluted explanation you've ever given about anything. I like, I'm not even sure what you just said. I mean, this, is, this is my favorite game of the week because there was so much <laughs> revenge. It was like an, it was like an episode of Succession. Just Double revenge. revenge. I, I'm out on the Cam Newton comeback thing. I was all sold on this. I switched my pick. What are you making faces for? He played terribly. I think he played that bad given the circumstances. He looked good on the first drive. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> so did Adam Troutman. How did that work out for the Saints? <laughs> no, I thought I thought he was going to come in there and pick up where he uh, left off last week, where he had the two touchdowns, one rush, one throw. He. Didn't make a lot of great throws. He had one rush and two throws touchdowns. <laughs> they lost. They lost to the football team. It was twenty-one to twenty-seven. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Okay. I I I I wasn't impressed. I was expecting more. Oh, um, Washington's defense played really well in this game. And All right. Well, how they, Carolina's how they offensive line is terrible. Sam, the Washington wins this game twenty-seven to six if Sam Darnold's playing. That's how I look at it. I, I buy that. Okay. Cam was I mean, escaping pressure and doing things with his legs that Sam Darnold can't do. Well, I guess Sam Darnold did lead the league in rushing touchdowns at one point. Um, Christian McCaffrey was very much involved. I, I, I didn't think Cam played that poorly. I just thought the Panthers kind of played poorly. And the defense, you know, di- was didn't didn't have a good day at the office. The defense you just said the defense played well. Okay, that's weird. Well, I'm trying to figure out why they lost this game. If they there weren't any concerns. Like, I could see if they were playing 370 yards to Taylor Heineke. That's why they lost the game. No, I, I didn't think they played well. You, I said it, the defense was not good. It felt like you were trying to sell me on no, the no, 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 no. I, I, I put more of this. I think this was on the defense and the offensive line. I didn't think Cam played that poorly. Okay. I think if the defense had played as well as it had played earlier this year. And look, again, Heineke, Heineke was awesome. That dude was. That, he laid everything on the line for that game. That was it was his revenge game more than Cam's. I think he was mad about like being ditched by the Panthers. Again, I think he put too much in revenge games, but if that's that works for you, no, no, he cared. He cared a lot about that game, and well, he cared uh, a lot last week too. <laughs> why? Why? Why did he play well against the Buccaneers? Mad at Tom Brady? He's just playing decent football. I mean, he's I mean, he's been playing good football. He's not that bad. They signed him to an extension for a reason. I, I don't think he's playing really. bad. That's my point. Okay. okay. 16 to 22, 206 yards, three touchdowns. Who's good? Terry McLaurin is a monster. Yeah. Good to see him unleashed. Antonio Gibson, 19 carries, 95 yards. Christian McCaffrey, basically the Panthers. He's how many plays. I mean, Cam threw 27 times. McCaffrey rushed 10. Cam rushed 10. Cam's presence is going to be a problem for McCaffrey rushing attempts, I would guess. And maybe touchdowns, although he had, of course, a receiving touchdown from Cam. That was a nice throw and catch. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think Cam was elite or, you know, unbelievably. Well, let me ask you this. Will he get better 
than what we saw last year with New England because I thought I was expecting a lot more progress from week one to week two. Maybe that was unfair. Yeah, I think it's. I think he'd been hadn't played football in nine weeks. Came in on a short notice, and you got you know. I mean, it's you know, it's a totally different playbook and all that. I I thought they did. If the defense plays better, the Panthers win. To me, simple as that. What if the no. offense plays better? <laughs> they win again. The so basically, wins. what you're saying is the Panthers aren't going to make the playoffs. Probably not. I mean, the the Washington defense played above expectations. And the Panthers defense played below expectations. I thought that was more the situation than Carolina just being terrible. I thought okay. Cam looked like what I thought Cam would look like in this offense with you know what ten days of time with this team. That's true. And a terrible offensive line. Maybe that's on me because I was expecting more after his sort of breakthrough performance last week. Brenton, how do I you mean, feel about the Panthers' playoff chances? I mean, not great. I mean. They have the Dolphins coming up, and then the Falcons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they have they have to go to another next two games, or else it's over. Because they're, then they're at the Bills, and the Buccaneers are home. And the Buccaneers get in the finale. Yep, uh, and the Bucks Yay. can be resting guys for that game, depending on how things played out. Let's take one more break, and when we come back, we will give away the Brinson sucks hat to some lucky Pick Six podcast listener. Smash the like button. But after the break, free hat. Yeah. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, the winner. Let's have a good tease for the next break. Get out of here, Devo, in that chat. Uh, at Matt JM one twenty six, Matthew uh, Manduano, Manduano or Manduano? How do we? Uh, I don't know the J's. Manduano. That's how I I'm terrible at pronunciation. Mendahano. I, I don't know. I'm terrible at pronouncing everything. I know. But not Except for Mathayu. Beach you to it. Look at that. Uh, made fun of myself. I, we promise, guys. It's uh it's not rigged. The, the, the drawing's not rigged. Uh Matt, congratulations. Let Debo know if you want a or Matthew, excuse me. Let Debo know if you want the toboggan or the, the little non-poof ball winner hat. Perfect time of the year for it, or a Brinson Sucks regular hat. Debo will get in touch with you. We give one of these away every single primetime game. So come back on Monday if you want. Come back tomorrow or tonight, I guess, if you want another chance to win. The Bengals, 32. The Raiders, 13. Oh, man. And not only did the Bengals win, 
Cincinnati. But Cincinnati. more importantly, Breach, somebody tied a uh, a record. Who was it? We had a Bengals kicker setting records. It was like fantasy day for me. Evan McPherson hit three field goals of 50 yards or more in this game, which is incredible because, as Brinson just said, it tied an NFL record. He hit from 54. He hit from 51. And he hit from 53. Uh, and you know how crazy that is, the fact that he hit three in one game. The most 50-yard field goals a Bengals kicker had ever hit in a season, an entire season before this year, was four. He just hit three in one game, and he actually was a big reason why they ended up winning this. I mean, uh, this says blowout, but it didn't turn into a blowout until late. I mean, we're talking this thing was a a 16-13 Bengals lead until six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So this was not any means where you felt or I felt like, oh, my God, the Bengals going to run away with this. And also, when you blow a 10 point lead to the Jets and lose, uh, you're never comfortable with any lead. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so for the fact that they held on, not just held on, but ended up turning this into a blowout was nice. The one thing I will say is that first possession of the game. They're driving. They move on a couple plays. Joe Burrow loses a fumble. And I'm just like, oh, my God, here we go. It's the Browns game all over again turnover on the opening drive the other team's gonna go score the Raiders got a field goal it's over they're gonna lose uh but no they did not they came back they they moved the ball at will which they've really been able to do in, in every game they played for probably the past eight weeks and uh the offense looked sharp Joe Mixon if you're playing the Raiders all you gotta do is run the ball the Raiders have no rushing defense and that's what the Bengals did they just fed Joe Mixon they gave him ball 30 times they said, all right, man, we're just going to give you the ball until the Raiders stop you, and the Raiders never stopped them. You know, with 30 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. And you know what? For two teams that were 5-4, and four, both coming in the game on losing streaks, I thought this was a huge game uh, no matter how you spin it. This was going to be uh, whoever loses is actually in the middle of a collapse, and whoever wins is right back in playoff contention. Uh, so this is a, a huge, huge win for the Bengals. So Evan McPherson is basically your Mac Jones for me. Like People were making fun of the Bengals for taking him in the fourth round. Turned out to be a great pick. And uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, Breach, uh, is Joe Burrow going to quit taking needless hits? I thought he ripped his knee up again at one point. He limped My off the field. God, he did limp off the field. And he said after the game that he's not afraid of taking hits or something to that effect. I would encourage him to try to lessen the amount of times he gets slapped around by big is fat he, guys. Is he like new Carson Wentz in that sense? I don't know, Breach, is he? Uh, he's turning the ball over. I don't think he's reached Carson Wentz. Or if he reaches no, I, mean, no, I, don't, I don't think that's. I don't think it's a crazy, completely crazy comparison right now. Carson, Carson Wentz's Wentz, whole thing earlier in his career was putting his body at very unnecessary risk. And also doing crazy things where you turn the ball over, which is kind of <laughs> what Burrow does. And he, he does have to go. He got sacked three times this game. He took multiple more hits than that. And that's not sustainable for the entire season. I don't want him no. saying after the game that I enjoy taking these big hits. No, you do not enjoy it. We don't want stuff. you getting hit. You got to slide. You got to run out of bounds. You got to just fall down. Do the Tom Brady. If Tom Brady thinks even senses he might take a hit, he just falls straight down. He doesn't take the hit. You, you know who else says that, by the way? And we saw that Justin Herbert, six uh, six and Justin two. Justin Herbert's good at it. He just slides every single time, except for the one time where he got punched in the nuts by Cam Cam Hayward. Lesson learned. Just Joe Burrow, remember, if you're, if you're listening, that, that Marvin Harrison and, and Reggie Wayne would say they're like, dude, Peyton Manning has told us just fall down. You don't need to get knocked into the ground. Like just when you when you realize you're about to get hit, slide down. Exactly. Like Joe Burrow's got to do more of that. He's not that big. 
No, and the line has been playing okay, but it, the line has been playing good enough that Burrow can't keep taking these hits. So he, he does need to get he, – he needs to be better about that. He can't just be saying, you know, I'm young and tough and I can take these because they, they catch up to you. And like you said, Ryan, he was limping off the field at one point in this game. Definitely worried a few Bengals fans. Uh, but you know what? He survived. The Bengals survived. They're 6-4, and four, and uh, they do have a brutal schedule coming up. But I do feel like – Starting next week. They have a good shot. That might be the easiest team left on the schedule. <laughs> so, is it possible that and and I again like I know that anytime we have a discussion about Henry Ruggs, that you you know I mean the, the off the field stuff far more worse than anything football related. But the in terms of the football and how it's impacted the Raiders, I mean one you know, they, John Gruden resigns. It, when you lose your head coach in the middle of the season like that, when you're when you're a team that's playing well. It's going to have an inherent effect down, like down Didn't the line at some two point. Two and zero after he left. Yeah, but they bounced. But they scored no, more than thirty sort of points like, in a game per game. They had the two high scoring games of the season after Gruden left. Yeah. Okay. And okay. then after the rug stuff is when they kind of start to fall apart. And, and they like, also cut David Arnett, the other first round pick from the twenty twenty class, because he couldn't quit wrecking rental cars. So I mean, yeah. they. Well, the, but the rugs thing to me, when you look at the, like. They won their first two games. And look, if you can see the graphic on, on YouTube but in, or, you know, on HQ later this week, but 14.3 points per game their last three games. Four touchdowns, six picks for Derek Carr. His passer ratings plummeted. They're 0-3. They don't have anyone to stretch the field. They don't have a true number one wide receiver. Teams can basically focus in on Darren Waller, take him away, and force him to throw to Brian Edwards and... Hunter uh, Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, yeah, who I love. Say Jones. Th- that was the conversation when John Gruden was there winning four games a year. I mean, Henry Ruggs didn't really start turning the corner until early this season in terms yeah. of being a deep threat. Last year, he, was, he wasn't he was really a, of consequence as a deep threat. And prior to that... Well, maybe, well, maybe, answer, maybe do we think that this swoon, this 0-3 turn, is related to Henry Ruggs? Is it related to... Because, see, I, I know that you guys say they had their two huge games after Gruden got fired, but that's sort of like the team rallies together. Like we can do this. And then, like I said, there's always that emotional letdown. So I'm wondering, what do we think the difference is here? That's caused the Raiders. This isn't a good football team. They were terrible. Well, and I also think losing Gruden in, in the fashion and lo- that they did and losing rugs in the fashion they did is completely the, the rugs thing can have an emotional impact on the locker room. Cause it's not like the coach got fired and you're rallying around the, the interim coach. This is, you know, people's lives were changed for the much worse. Sure. And, you know, Derek Carr, we know how religious he is and, and how he's trying to back Henry Ruggs. And that's a tough thing to do publicly because, you know, what he did was horrible. And so this really puts like it's a sensitive topic and I'm sure it's tough for all of them. And so I think this from an emotional standpoint is, is kind of, and you know, you said you don't want to talk about what he did in football because it's not fair to compare what he did off the field. But well, I, just, I just feel like their offense sort of, definitely hurts without him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, the Raiders, 288 yards for the Bengals, 278 for the Raiders. The Bengals ran 70 plays. Raiders ran 47, 5.9 yards per play. Only 13 first downs of the Bengals, 23. One of seven on four, on third down. That was really the killer, right? And uh, that third down conversion didn't come until there was two minutes and 10 seconds left in the game. And, and the game was significantly Way over early. by that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the Raiders didn't have a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Correct. Two field goals, end of half, two, four punts for them. Rough third quarter 
Boy, they just couldn't move the ball. Maybe the Bengals defense showed back up today. Is that possible? I mean, that is possible. And that was the thing that I think I wanted to see the most because they struggled so much. They obviously gave up 41 to the Browns, 34 to the Jets. And that was, they looked so good this season. And those two games hit and it was like, oh God, here we go. The, the 2020 Bengals are back. So then for them to hold the Raiders to 13 was huge because it, it, they looked like the, the very good defense that we saw earlier this season. Yep. Um, probably somewhere in between. All right. Do we, are the Raiders dead in the yes. water? Like, are they just dead for the playoffs? Or is yes. it over? Do, over. do the Bengals get to 10 wins? Oh boy. Well, you get tell me breach. What are the games remaining? Steelers, Steelers lost. What else? Chargers loss. Three straight 49ers. games at home. Steelers chargers, 49ers. Six of their final seven games are in Ohio and five of their next six are at home. I see two wins on the remaining schedule. Who? Broncos and the Broncos and Eey, I only see one win. Now that I look at it. What? Uh Broncos and Browns. It's not an easy schedule, is it? You get two West Coast teams playing at 10 a.m. So that's best case when you're playing a West Coast team. And the Chargers. Yeah, the just like say Wilson. <laughs> seven of the Bengals' remaining games are in the continental United States. Are east of the Mason Dixon line. South, yeah. dumb dumb. You think this they have just one? East of the That's not how the Mason Dixon yeah, line works. I know how the Mason Dixon line. That was the no, joke. We're east. all making jokes here. Yeah. Duh. Nice say, Breach. You had no Dude. idea. <laughs> but I, I live, I live in Nashville. You're the one that you're. I literally live on the Mason. No, Dixon line. if you're east of the Mason Dixon line, you'd be in the Atlantic Ocean. The Mason Dixon line is a Pennsylvania. It's west of the Mason Dixon. <laughs> it's north south. It's north I'm south. Kidding. Now Brinson's lost. Good thing this is not a geography podcast. We get laughed out of the east, <laughs> east of the equator. Like, <laughs> Breach is the same person, by the way, who said he crushes state capitals and couldn't name a single state capital. No, no. And then I got three out of four. And got, lied about a marathon and lied about I got three, three out of four. And that's not failing. It's actually a C. And if you would have had me do all 50, I would have gotten like 46 of them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, are they making the playoffs, Breach? That's a bigger question. I don't know if yes. they want to take it or not. I think they are. All right. All right. I think they get are their next three games at home. Steelers, Chargers, 49ers. How many do you have them getting there, Breach? Two and one. I'm assuming you're two and one. Uh, uh, and the next more, three? It feels more like one and two to me. Those are some tough games. I'm not even the way the, the 49ers, if the 49ers keep running the ball, that'll be interesting. Um we'll see the, Steelers, the Steelers almost beat the Chargers tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Fair the Chargers enough. lost to the Vikings last week. Fair enough. The beatable hey, NFL's weird. We'll see what happens. Raiders, we think, are, are toast. Toast. Okay. Next game. Browns 13, Lions 10. I feel like we just got a comment from Go YouTube. Ahead. Can you guys name the capital of Saskatchewan? I think it's Saskatchewan City, but I could be wrong. Well, we'll wait. Not a, state, not a state in America, so I'm not sure why that applies to your knowledge of state capitals. But now I'm going to look it up. While you, while you keep going, and I'll, I'll look this up. He's been on the lamb in Sask- Sask- uh, Saskatchewan City. If I had to guess. spent six months in Saskatchewan hiding from the cops. Oh, it's not Saskatchewan City. <laughs> Regina. Or Regina. And that's, that's where John Ryan, the Seahawks punter, is from, so I should have gotten that. Again, not well, you know, why would you get that? Because John Ryan's from exactly there. because how many NFL punters are from Canada? Not many. There are a lot of NFL players from Canada. Come on, let's go. I, I don't want to talk to John about geography. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's 1 20 in the morning. We're talking about oh my god, let's keep going. 
Move on. Next game. Baker Mayfield, 15 to 29, 176 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Nick Chubb basically saved the day, had a receiving, had that receiving touchdown, 22 carries, 130 yards. The Browns really tried to let the Lions steal this game, mm-hmm. but the Browns could have snuffed this out. They were up 13, nothing in the second quarter. No points scored in the first quarter. Nasty weather. The under uh, was a great look the whole time. We talked about that last week with the weather in Cleveland. They're up 13, nothing. I don't know how they managed to let the Lions back in because Baker kept on interception. That's how. Well, yeah, the play calling was terrible. Kevin Stefanski wouldn't lean into the run game, wouldn't let Nick Chubb just uncork. I know he ended up with 22 carries, uh, but he, you know, they should have used him earlier, forced the Lions to get one dimensional to throw the ball more. The Lions, because the game was, it was only 13 nothing, you know, it felt way out of hand. The Lions were comfortable running DeAndre Swift. And he had a lot of success running the ball. Finished the game with 14 carries, 136 yards, and a touchdown. I thought he had two touchdowns. So I saw somewhere he had two. Why did I think he had two touchdowns? I don't know. Because he only had one. I played him against him fantasy, and he's listed. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was five, comma seven, no, 57 yard touchdown. I'm an idiot. Yeah. The Lions um, only scored one touchdown in the game, Brenton. Yeah. I'm an idiot, as we all know. Tim, uh, I mean, look, the Lions are the Lions are terrible. They've they've got one shot Thursday to get a, to get a win. No, I mean they should have beat the Steelers. They had a chance to beat the Browns. They're they're competitive. And by the way, this is how bad the Browns With are. With Tim Boyle, Tim the Falcons Boy- after the day after Christmas. Tim Boyle played at UConn before he transferred to Eastern Kentucky. At UConn, in three seasons of part time duty, he had one touchdown. And 13 interceptions. That's pretty bad. Thankfully, he went to Eastern Kentucky and, and shored up his numbers. He finished his college career in all told 12 touchdowns, 26 interceptions. So this is a guy that's not afraid to throw interceptions. And he did so a he couple. went 11 touchdowns and 13, 13 more picks at Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, which is a, pretty bad. But that's great progress after one and one and 13. I guess. But anyway, my point is that the Browns struggled to beat that guy. So. I don't think Jared Goff's going to be back uh, for the the Thanksgiving game. I think they they weren't certain about that. But I think this team this team has a chance to win a game. I mean, they almost beat two FC North teams. And we're getting we're getting Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton, which is like my fantasy for Thanksgiving. Basically eating poo stuffing on Thanksgiving. If Andy Dalton, he would be sweet potato casserole. It's orange, redhead. Come on, man. Orange going in, orange going out. That's gross, Ryan. This is not a human physiology podcast. <laughs> not it's yet. It's a state capital podcast. Yeah, what's the state capital of that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this the Lions aren't good. Browns, I mean, Browns really should have covered. Didn't. It's fine. I don't know. I, I, I mean. So wait, what about Baker? Baker? I mean, he keeps Baker? getting more injured. He's just, they're going to have him in a full body cast by the time the season ends. He can't stay healthy. It's obviously going to affect his payday. Lamar's about to get paid. And now they have to play. Speaking of Lamar, they play the Ravens two games in a row. Like, they win either. Buy in between, which is fortunate for them. I guess. But Baker is not healthy. No. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how you keep rolling him out there. Like they do. Uh, they they, do. Their playoff hopes are dwindling. The Ravens are, well, that's the Sunday night game, and the Ravens are minus four and a half. That feels short. Do the Browns get the 10 wins? No. Mm. Next game. Fair. Cardinals twenty three, Seahawks thirteen. Cardinals are six and row, six and zero on the road this season. 
and have won all those games by double digits. Russell Wilson lost three games in a row for the first time in his career. He's lost five of his past six starts. He's thrown just one touchdown in his last three games. He's completed fewer than 20 passes in four of his seven games this season. I mean, what does uh, Hawk Harrelson say? Here you go. That's Russ. This is a weird spot for Seattle, man. They just suck. Like, I, I, you know, two or three, four weeks ago, I said, this, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. Russ will come back. Russ looked terrible last week because he, he wasn't ready. This week, he didn't look much better. But everyone he, he around looked, He looked improved a little bit, but did not look good. Right. So, I don't even know. I don't think Russ would do this, but I would not be mad at Russ if he just shut it down and got healthy and made plans for, for his, his next team. His next team. <laughs> Brady Quinn's been talking about this um, for the last few weeks on when we have on the BQ uh, BQ FBS or Brady Quinn football show, whatever it is. You know, he this injury that Russ Russ suffered with his hand. It's not something you can just come like once like you you come back and you're you're ready. It takes time to adjust to the new reality, and it these numbers bear it out very clearly. Fifty two percent completions for Russ. 184 pass yards per game. No passing touchdowns. The guy is not throwing the ball well because he had a bunch of pins in his hand and he's not feeling it the same way. Throwing the football is different for him right now. That is a big concern. They can't run the football. They Colt McCoy went 35 of 44 for 328 and two touchdowns against them. Their defense is a disaster. They got lit up by Colt McCoy, James Conner, and Zach Ertz. Like, what is this, 2014? That is that is humiliating to have a defense that bad that Zach Ertz and AJ Green too. AJ Green. I mean, that is like a 2016 fantasy behemoth. I should have started Colt McCoy. Gosh. Yeah, I and mean, that's rough, man. I know well, the 49ers got lit up by the, the the Cardinals too. And look, all credit to the Cardinals. They are nine and two. They're in uh, the pole position to win the division despite missing Kyler Murray for three games. They're going two and one without Kyler. Yeah. With winning with Colt McCoy and James Conner. And again, Zach. Well, James Conner's been scoring touchdowns left and right. He didn't just show up on the scene. It's been like that. Oh, he all leads season. the NFL in touchdowns. Yeah. So I think take the chase. Or maybe Colt McCoy, Taylor does now, maybe. Uh Colt McCoy. Yeah, I think you're right. Colt McCoy, amazing after last week when they actually took him out because he got injured, I guess. So great bounce back by him. Credit to Cliff Kingsbury, who I was not sold on other than being very handsome. They're winning, and you can say it's because of Cliff, Cliff or in spite of them. It doesn't matter. They're not in two. They're going to win this division, I feel like, because um, uh, Kyle, Kyler's going to get healthy. Yep. So I think, is there, are they on their by now? Who, the Cardinals? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So now, by so Kyler gets healthy, yeah. So, right. That two and one without Kyler, you come back, get Kyler, and try to keep him healthy, and then it's rolling. And we've got this graphic up here. It shows the, the Cardinals road games this season. They're 6-0 on the road. They've won every single game by double digits, which is crazy considering I think Colt McCoy's won two of them. Um, and so to have that, I think they're the only the only the third team in NFL history to win their first six games of the season on the road and all by double digits. Hey, all right, so just two things. Um, one, this is – happening in the youtube chat if you're hanging out in the youtube chat hit the like button if you haven't already uh one our, our pal Ed, Ed, edgardo soto points out that cliff should probably be the coach of the year and i don't disagree at all no that's with the titans sort of stumbling now the one guy one guy who might get him bill belichick 
if they if the Pats get the one seed. But right now, if you can find Cliff Kingsbury above five to one, six to one, anything that or better, you probably want to take it because he's a favorite. I think it's Cliff, I Belichick, oh, and Vrabel. No, what did you, you see? I think Vrabel's got to be in the conversation because he lost his best player before. You know, this is the Cardinals Col- and Col- Kyler. Tyler Murray. Right. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So it, it, it's it's equal. Yeah. And yeah. are you looking at the odds or are you just eyeballing it? No, no, no. Vrabel, Vrabel is the guy that's probably the favorite right now. I would say that Cliff is probably number two. Brandon uh, Stanley is still up there. I would probably vote for Cliff right now. What I would vote for ro- Cliff right now. What is it? Really odds up there. Cliff. I'm saying tomorrow on, on Monday. If you wake up and your book has Coach of the Year odds, I'll see if I can find them on a different book. If we knew that after the Packers game, when the Cardinals play the Packers a few weeks ago, that they're going to play the 49ers, Panthers, and Seahawks, and Colt McCoy was going to start every single game, I feel like we would have said the best case scenario was one, one and two. two. Yep. For sure. Like best case. And here they are, two and one. I mean, that's with Kyler getting healthy. Now he's a week off. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's you win. This is like when the Saints won. All those games without Drew Brees with Teddy Bridgewater and, and Jameis Winston. I mean, this is if you can find if you can find Cliff Kingsbury five to one or better. I'm probably taking a, a look at that. I take a long look at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting that actually. Um, and Bel- I might, I'm going to bet Belichick if I see it too. And like if the Seahawks get Russell Wilson, that who are they building with? Because they don't have a first round pick next year, so they're a disaster. Uh, we brought up Tankathon earlier, just very quickly. I want to point out that while the Eagles had three picks in the top eight previously, now it's the Jets and the Giants with four of the top seven picks because the Seahawks would be giving away the number five overall pick to the Jets. In Move the draft back to New York. Move back to New York this year. Jamal Adams got torched by Zach Ertz in this game. He used to lose to the Warriors. It's ugly. They got a lot of worries. Seattle's toast, right? Yes. They don't have a quarterback, and their defense is terrible. Other than that, they're red hot. Russ, Russ will – it'll flip at some point. He'll start playing better once he's used to the hand. The question is, when does it happen? They're one-and-a-half-point favorites at Washington on, on Monday night next week. That I don't get that. I'm banging Taylor Heineke on that one. Clip and save that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm banging Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Cut it off, right? Get a tiny package. <laughs> <laughs> hey oh. Oh, my God. How'd that work against me? 49ers 30, Jaguars 10. The um, highlight of this game was Rayshon Jenkins uh, throwing haymakers and getting thrown out. Um, that was the the most fight that the the Jaguars showed. Debo Samuel led the team again with a career-high 79 rushing yards on eight carries and his sixth career rushing touchdown, just one catch. I thought Kyle Shanahan would get too cute and would go away from the Debo running thing. It's working. It's making It's making the offense click. It's given Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's just easing the pressure from defenses at least the last two weeks. Um, and you know, while Dio's receiving numbers are suffering, I doubt he cares. No, the 49ers opening drive, 20 plays, 13 minutes, and they still kicked a field goal. It's the longest drive by time of possession by any team since 2000. Huh. Is that right? It was a long drive. Know. There's two minutes left at the end of the I mean the Drive I literally had a really long drive like that the other day. 13 minutes? I don't think so. 13 minutes is a long time, yeah. It was like literally 13 minutes on your watch, which is how football games should be. I was like, this case would be over 45 <laughs> minutes. Like, yeah, because th- that game was like was like four minutes left in the third quarter, and most games were going to halftime. The, the crazy thing here is that it feels like the 
Shanahan literally just took his game plan from the Monday Night Rams game. It was like, we're just doing this again. We're playing Jacksonville. We don't care. We're flying out east on a short week. We're just going to do it. We're going to run all over them because they had 44 carries for 156 yards against the Rams, then turned around and had they had 42 for 171 against the Jags. And so you're talking about this was the first time since 1987 that the 49ers had 42 carries or more in consecutive games. Shanahan was just like, screw it. We're running it. We're going to go back to our 2019 offense where we don't really ask Jimmy to do anything. But then uh, by the time the other team is sucked into stopping the run, then I'll ask Jimmy to do something. And then it makes Jimmy Garoppolo look good. It makes the offense look good because they're getting the hands, the ball in the hands of their playmakers like Debo, uh, as you mentioned, Brinson. So I but, mean, um, what you Shanahan knows like, what he's doing me? for what? Uh, the 49ers maybe not being terrible. Nobody yeah. said they were terrible. I oh, did. get the hell out of here. I said that. I picked them to win the division. Nah, the last two weeks, you guys have been beating on me. Mm-mm. Not me. Deep I have been. I apologize. Okay. They look good. Right, last I'll, take, I'll take that. Thank you. Thanks, Wilson. You're welcome. Thanks for taking one for the team. <laughs> Brinson was not going to let us move on unless one of us apologized. I wasn't going to apologize. Did I tell you that the, the, the capital trivia is broken down in the chat? I think I may have forgotten to say it, but it's like, there's like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? There's the chat is nothing but cat. Uh, Victor Garcia is holding is hosting a uh, a, ca- a capital or worldwide capital <laughs> trivia capital. chat. Oh, uh, like, that's the, funny. Capital of Mexico, boop. <laughs> capital of uh, <laughs> so all this, they're just asking like, capital questions. That's hilarious. And uh, um, Breach has missed everything. Someone just Breach thinks Cincinnati's the capital of Ohio. <laughs> Columbus. Oh yeah. Duh. Come on now. I'm Forty years Come on old. now. Sun seven. I'm not worried about Capitals right now. I don't know what the capital of North Carolina is. Anyway, Jaguars are terrible. Two oh. and eight. Forty Nineers are back in the playoff race. I think. I mean, right now, if I'm picking two teams for the wild card, Philly is interesting. Washington is creeping a little bit, but we need to see them on Monday night against Seattle. But I would go San Francisco and Minnesota. Yeah. Which would actually be kind of a chalky if it were Arizona, Green Bay, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Rams, Minnesota, San Francisco. Um, that would be a really kind of a chalky playoff setup, right? Like I feel like those are the, the primary teams that people picked. I mean, just interesting though, as we mentioned, they play each other this week, so one of them is going to be five and six, which kind of puts you behind the ball a little bit. True, true, fair. All right, final game. Dolphins and the Jets played football. My God, did they? The Dolphins covered. Maybe they shouldn't have. Joe Flacco was slinging it around to Elijah Moore. Tua actually had a pretty good day and didn't look terrible. Right now, the Jets would have two top five picks, as we just mentioned. The last five weeks, their defense has given up 39.8 points per game, a 78% red zone touchdown percentage, and 455.6 points per game allowed. The Jets' defense is as bad as it gets. Rex Ryan's making fun of Robert Sala on the on the on the uh on the TV and the radio. They kissed mm. and made up. And yet are the Jets favored? No, what's the what's the spread? Are the Texans favored? The Texans are minus three next week. That's how bad the Jets are. Oh, did they really kiss and make up? I don't know if they actually kissed, but they made up. <laughs> that was just the saying. No, Rex Ryan said <laughs> on the ESPN show Sunday morning that he talked to Robert Sala on the phone and they cleared the air and that he actually thinks Sala has a great plan for the Jets going forward. So it sounds like they're uh, not fighting anymore. 
Rex, Great. Man, Rex talks. He's a, such a bag of hot air. Oh my God. Brenton's going to be the feud with. And then I'm going to wrap up on Rex. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, Rex. You're a great guy. Um, he went to back-to-back AFC Championship games Marcus Sanchez. Any thoughts on this game? No, so We're none. discussing this game. I will say one thing real quick. The no. Jets actually weren't horrible. Uh, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco got sacked inside the 10-yard line, 10 yards away from scoring a touchdown, and lost a fumble. And Matthew Amendola, the Jets kicker, missed two field goals. So uh, Jets really made three big mistakes. They probably could, maybe could have won it if they did not. Felt like a pretty even game. So to recap, Bre- Breach says the Jets aren't bad, but Joe Flacco fumbled inside the 10 and the kicker missed two field goals. Gotcha. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, those happened. They still almost won, Ryan. That's the point. All right. I can't wait to see how the Jets botch these draft picks. Very excited for that. They're going to draft two kickers. Apologies for the lack of Jets and Giants talk. We're trying to get out in under two hours. So time for winners and losers. If you got winners and losers, Drop them in the chat. Smash that like button if you're still hanging out with us on YouTube as we cruise towards two in the morning. My goodness. Breach. Your team won. Wilson's team's lost. Wilson's team lost. Who's your winner? My winner, I could go with a Bengals kicker. I'm I'm just going to go with Jonathan Taylor because he is named after my favorite child actor from the 1990s, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm just kidding. I don't know if he's actually named after him. Uh, but, man, five touchdowns in the game. You put the Colts back on the map in a game they really need to win to stay alive in the playoff hunt. You're matching LaDainian Tomlinson. You are doing things that very few running backs in NFL history have ever done. And you might have just put yourself in the MVP conversation. Brinson, I'm going to use your word. I'm sprinkling some money on Jonathan Taylor. Don't bet on that. No one bet Sorry. on that. Sprinkling. No, that will you don't not have win. To. I can do whatever I want. This is my winner. No, no, and no, no, my no, no, winner. No, you, I'm talking about listeners. Do not follow oh. that man's advice. Yeah, and when I cash out, I'm not giving anyone anything. Okay. Duly noted. Oh, fun I'm- fact. I think this is a fun fact. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is Brady Quinn's cousin. Oh, that's no. That's not possible. Look, that's true. look how happy Breach is right now. Well, now I want to hang out with Brady, and he can invite his cousin. He definitely told us that. That's not something you make up, I don't think. It'd be weird to make that up. My winner, Brady Quinn. Um, my other winner? <laughs> yes. Uh, Wikipedia confirms. Brady Quinn, J- JTT, Cousins. Great. What? What are the chances? My other winner, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury keeps winning. Kyler Murray gets another week to rest. And the Cardinals are rolling. So there you go. Nice and simple. I'm not going to make you any weird promises like Breach that I can't cash in on. Breach is just talking about celebrities. No idea what he's saying. And you're right, Wilson. Smart of the Cardinals to sit Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins this week. Those guys are going to be rested for the stretch run. Mm. They got a ton of wins in a great spot. My winner, though, with all the things that shook out on Sunday, old Billy Belichick. One on Thursday, one handily. Didn't have to sweat anything. Sitting back with his, his dog, Nike. Watching all the football today, thinking, ah, you know what? I got 10 days to prepare. See how these games shake out. And the Bills have the Colts at home. They're seven-point favorites. The Titans, you know, they're going to Tennessee. They're going to Houston. These, these two teams that I'm worried about for the division and the number one seed, they're going to cruise to victories. And yet, both of them blew the games. Mm-hmm. The Bills lose. The, the Titans lost to the Texans. They lost to the Texans and the Jets. So Belichick is the three seed in the AFC right now. He's one game back of the Titans for the one seed. He a top has of the division. 
a better record than Tom Brady. He was playing on Monday night. We'll probably go to 7-3, but still, I think that's a better record, isn't it? Yeah, 7-3 is better than 6-3. 7-4 is better than, yes. At any rate, yes. Seven wins better than six wins. The Patriots appear to be back. They feel like a 2001 team, and they're in a great spot. They are my winner. Who's your loser, Breach? My loser is Russell Wilson. Mm. The man got outplayed in his own stadium by Colt freaking McCoy. Uh, He's now lost three games in a row for the first time in his career. He wanted out of Seattle after going 12 and four last season. Well, I have some news for you, Russell. The best you can do this year is 10 and seven. That's if you went out. So he is probably like uh, putting his house on the market and, and trying to figure out how to get out of Seattle because there's no way he wants to be there after this year. So I guess the Seahawks are losers. Everyone in the Pacific Northwest uh, right now is a loser. I think I was going to go with the Titans, but they're still in charge of their own destiny. I'm going to go with the bears. The bears Ooh. had no found a way to lose that game. And it'll probably end up costing some folks their job. They got their star quarterback injured. Uh, Breach got to relive some Andy Dalton moments momentarily. So I guess that's a, that's a win for him and no one else outside the Andy Dalton family. But the Bears are terrible. The three and seven, they should be a lot better. They're not. And they have no clear path to nine wins or anything less than that, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, they don't have a first round pick because they gave that up to move up for Justin Fields, which I get. But uh, way more questions than answers. And I don't think anyone in that fan base would, would feel good moving forward with the current cast of characters running things. My loser is the New Orleans Saints Ooh. at five and four, going to Philadelphia, thinking, all right, the strength of our team, you know, we're trying to bounce back here. The strength of our team is stopping the run. We can go into Philly. We can st- shut down that run game. Trevor Simeon can do enough. Win this game, all of a sudden we're six and four. We are right. We are we're feeling like we got this number five spot on lockdown or the number six spot on lockdown. Excuse me. Instead, they get absolutely truck sticked by the Eagles in that run game in Jalen Hurts. They fall to five and five. They're now tied with the Vikings. They're the seven seed. The San Francisco 49ers and Philly, who now is a tiebreaker on them, are creeping right there. Carolina and Washington. I guess Atlanta technically lingering around. That, the Saints were favored, so they didn't need to win it. But it felt like a very winnable game for the Saints, given their strength and weaknesses. And they took a big, fat L. So the Saints, my loser. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out in the YouTube chat. If you're watching the on YouTube after the live show, make sure to hit the like button anyway. We appreciate it. We will, of course, be back on Monday night after Monday Night Football to recap it for Breach and Wilson. I'm Brenton. See you guys later. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.